Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Monday, we are now into the new year here on the fourth day of January 2021. Getting used to writing that on all the checks, if they still write checks here uh, in and around the world. Uh, of course, I'm Richie Alvin. Uh, Eugene Benton should join us here momentarily. He'll be running the Twitter account, at SO Sports Central. As uh, the interviews come in, he'll be uh, getting the best quotes out of each and uh, putting over there in Twitter world. You can also find us on Facebook. That's right. You can find us on Facebook. Of course, excited about today. You heard the intro there with the nature boy, Rick Flair. That shows you the type of crowd we're going to be bringing up in here today as it will start in about nine minutes. Nine minutes. We will be checking in uh, with our guest list here. They'll be coming in, checking in with us. We'll start off at 610 for the first time of many as we give him his rookie stripe. And where we take it off, I guess, Justin Beagle, all the way from Live 5 Sports. He covered and did an incredible job covering our Senior Bowl that took place on Saturday. He was out there at the Wood with us, hanging out at Woodland High School, home of the Wolverines, 300 and, what's it, 364 days in a year. Uh, you take three of those away, do the math, drop the carry, the do this and do that, uh, 361 days, right? Is that right? Yeah, 640. Yeah, so that the rest of that is uh, is all woodland. But those three days that we took away from them, it was the epic 84, the Senior Bowl from uh, Southern Sports Central and the South Carolina High School Blitz. Ken Brown's team and myself and our team uh, really worked diligently to get this thing together. A lot of endless, um, long, endless conversations of, of just going at it and, and, and having conversations of. How do we fine-tune this? How do we make it the best game that it's been at this point? You know, Miss V did a great job. She, of course, doubles uh, with uh, the South Carolina High School Blitz and us here at Southern Sports Central because she has her own show on uh, on Thursday nights. But she did an incredible job. Coach B, he's another gentleman over there uh, with those guys at the Blitz. He does a great job trying to keep up with your all's huddles and looks at your film and gives you some insight there. Of course, Ken Brown, the owner 
uh, over there, over here on our side, who all was uh, able to get things done. Uh, in the junior game, you saw Eugene running around doing some great things as he was hanging out in Columbia with us. Of course, Everett Sands made boat trips. He was uh, with us in Columbia, where he lives, and then made the trip down to Woodland on uh, Saturday, where he uh, did a lot of play-by-play with me here on the uh, on the show. But again, uh, it, it was a full-blown operation. There's so many guys and girls that took uh, it took to get this thing done. I mean, you know, you mentioned Shuts who, of course, has the helmets and some other things there. Uh, you have, of course, Phenom, who made the jerseys. Uh, we mentioned the two companies that joined together, but then there were multiple entities and uh, partnerships, uh, you know, along the way that we, that we made so that we can make this become a, a dream and then a reality, and then history always made there uh, with that game. Now, that being said, I want to thank the folks over at Ben Lippin. They hosted the Junior Bowl. I want to thank Columbia for opening up their city, the hotel that we stay at out there, uh, for housing the 88 athletes and the multiple uh, coaches and individuals that played a major part in letting that one be successful. And then we did it again a couple weeks later. We let Christmas come through. Santa Claus dropped off a few gifts, and then we got back at it as we again took over Dorchester, South Carolina. That's in between St. George and Somerville. And uh, we did what we did on Saturday. And, again, it was the only senior bowl in the state of South Carolina. A lot of pride there between myself and Ken Brown, who, who again, it was a vision that we would take his thing that he did last year with just the upstate and spread it across the entire state. So Southern Sports Central brought the lower state. He brought the upper state. And we did what we did here in the state of South Carolina on Saturday. But, again, I want to thank Country Inn and Suites. That's the hotel we stayed at on uh, Thursday, Friday. And, of course, a little bit on Saturday for the hospitality, um, the town of Somerville that, that opened their arms to us as well. And uh, like I mentioned, uh, every town in between there and here that uh, we were able to get into. Because, again, it doesn't take, um, it doesn't take much to kind of steer this thing in different directions. Uh, as there was a lot of uh, tracking of numbers and COVID and, and things like that, that, that we really took everything into consideration. We tried to isolate these young men as much as we could. We fed them. We, uh, we, of course, made sure that they were taken care of and anything that they needed so they didn't have to do any of that traveling around. But I got to say, when it was all said and done, I thought it was a great, great um, event times two. But you already know the outcome of the Junior Bowl. The Senior Bowl, by the way, went a little different because it was a, a, a great game for both parties involved and all the coaches involved. There were so many talented coaches that played a part of this game. We're going to hook up tonight with the uh, with the East, and that'll start at 7 o'clock. Of course, uh, Coach Ford is the head coach. He'll join us at 7 o'clock. And then after that, we got Jafari Pearson, the quarterback who received a belt. Uh, he, of course, is over at Camden. We'll check in with Willis Lane, Uncle Willie, as we called him over the weekend. He'll be checking in with the belt as one of the best running backs that we saw that day. And then uh, we head up to Myrtle Beach. Sully, how about that one? Harden, who drained about a 42-yard field goal. Uh, did a great job with uh, with that foot that he's got. The of course uh, has him a belt as well. And then uh, we're hoping to catch up with Will Jeffcoat. He got an uh, he got an award as well out of the East. And then uh, T.J. Sanders, uh, the young man, got MVP overall. He'll finish up the show at 8:30 as uh, he has one of the biggest belts of them all there. As uh, we look forward to talking to him. But before we get to those incredible young men and that head coach we're going to be checking in with uh, justin beagle from live five sports over at live five news and then at 6 30 you know what we do we head over to charlotte north carolina we'll check in with the big man 
up there, and that's Reginald Walker Jr. Ton to talk about. Clemson knocked out. They're done. Uh, the Irish, they're done. ACC, winless. I say it, winless in both seasons. So we'll, uh, we'll have that conversation, I'm sure, with a couple of these guys that we're going to be bringing in in our number one before we turn it completely to the Epic 84 show. So a quick, quick break. We'll come back. We'll get after it. Got a lot to do. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we head over to Live 5 and to the sports department. We go with the man, the myth, and the legend, Justin Beagle. Checks in for the first of many times here on Southern Sports Central. Everybody, bringing them in in style, the one and only. Let's head over now to Live 5, the sports department with uh, Mr. Justin Beagle. What's going on? Justin, welcome to the show, man. I'm looking forward to doing this on a regular basis, big guy. That's right, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. We've been talking about this for about, what, two years now? So finally, <laughs> about time to start 2021 off the right way and have me on the show. Good to be here. Man, I tell you what, there's one guy that's a little nervous listening right now. That's just because he doesn't want to see you. Uh, you knew, and of course, uh, Big Kev, y'all are like tag team partners in the WWF world. So uh, sometimes when you get that chance to come in and do what you do, who knows, man, you might take the role in 21, man. How was, uh, how was the New Year's Eve? We didn't get a chance to talk the other day, so happy New Year's and Merry Christmas and all that stuff, man. How's life over there in your world coming into this new year? Oh, hey, man. It's, I'm looking forward to 2021, getting out of this coronavirus year. 2020 was tough on sports departments all across the country, us included here at uh, Live 5 News. So we're looking forward to hopefully getting back into some normalcy here with first college basketball, then hopefully to get the spring sports, which we missed so much last year, and then go to the summer, man. River Dogs, baseball, batteries, soccer, and all of the above, man. So we're just looking forward to getting back to some normalcy here in 2021. No doubt. Let's get into some normalcy talk and some sports here on Southern Sports Central. And, of course, 610, we're checking in with Justin Beagle all the way from Live 5 News of the Sports Department over there in 
West Ashley. Now, you and I got a chance to watch some ballers on uh, Saturday midday, if you will, because everyone said it can't. We said it can, and just exactly what happened is we put together 84, 84. That's 42 in the upstate, 42 in the lower state. Brought them in to, of course, uh, the low country over there at Woodland High School. Man, you got a chance to cover not only some low country kid, but you got to see an opportunity to look at a lot of athletes from all over our state. Absolutely. First of all, hats off to you and your team for putting that event on. I know we just kind of heard about it last minute, and I know with everything else going on in the country right now, I mean, hats off to you guys. It was a great event. I know you were a little dry up there in that press box. So I was getting dunked on with the <laughs> raindrops, but you know what? Uh, not not too bad there. But, hey, man, it was an awesome event. Lot, like you said, lots of great talent in the low country, in the upstate, all across the area. I'll tell you what, one school that I had never heard of before that I heard of a lot on Saturday was Camden. I mean, how many of those kids balled out for the East team on this past Saturday? Man, they have got a quarterback and two running backs. One of the, of course, uh, two of those guys will join us here about 7.15 and 7.30. Jafari Pearson was the quarterback. Uh, the one guy that you keep seeing doing things, he's uh, going to be heading off to college, I believe, Limestone, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll double-check with that. And then Willis Lane. I call him the lane train. We called him Uncle Willie all weekend. And, of course, and there's another back over there. But all three of those guys, I thought really honestly kind of lit up the show. Who else kind of stuck out to you when it came down to uh, some names or just a few things that you heard while you were hanging out down there on the sideline? I mean, I'll just say all the big boys up front for that East team. I mean, I was standing next to them. I'm 6'1", and I think I'm a relatively tall guy. But I was standing next to some big boys who were 6'3", 6'4". They were making plays. I mean, you saw there were, I think, two or three turnovers in that first cup, in the first quarter and a half there, just guys getting after the ball, taking advantage of the sloppy weather. So the big boys on the defensive line especially really impressed me from the East team. Yeah, it was definitely an impressive team, of course. Uh, we're going to have a lot of Gamecocks that were actually in that game uh, over the uh, – Omega Blake was one of those guys. Of course, the running back from Sumter, uh, he was there. Of course, they, you saw the story on him, how he got that preferred walk-on and shared that. That made that became a huge uh, – you know, Gwenick over there made a huge debut on, on Twitter with that. That kind of became trendy as well. And then T.J. Sanders, the kid from Marion, who had multiple – tackles and a few sacks along the way but it seems like South Carolina had a lot more guys that were getting names called over the PA on, on Saturday now on the other side of course you know when you've got a guy like Omega Blake up there on, on that you know course in Rock Hill area no surprise though that these guys are able to put out a lot of talent who on the other side that, that may have stuck out to you you know when, when you started hearing a few of those names coming out there Justin oh man it's hard to put my finger on just one guy. I mean, everybody was flying all over the ball. But, again, I think it was just um, I going back to the big fellas. I mean, I believe it was that center for the West team. I mean, that guy was pushing guys all over the place. That swing tackle they had there as well on the left-hand side. I mean, again, you talk about some big boys who are going to do some good things in the college level, in the college ranks. I mean, the West most definitely had the big boys up front. That really impressed me. Yeah, Josh DeGroote, of course, from Malden. He had a heck of a day. I keep mentioning Omega Blake from South Point, another big name that you kept hearing about. Uh, there's so many guys that kept standing out there. Chad Ishmael, uh, DB, that kind of did his thing. And, and again, I did see, uh, I believe it was, uh, you know, Andre Lindsay, who, who, of course, ended up being one of their big ballers out there, along with a few other guys. But, you know, when you do things like that, and, again, that's the first time I've had my hands you know, really in, in behind-the-scene things, and, and it is a lot harder. And I've got a lot more respect for the North-South game and Perry Parks and what he does with the Queen City Bowl in, in Columbia. 
And, of course, the big Shrine Bowl that, that took place, you know, as well there, Kevin. Uh, excuse me, Justin. When you kind of put everything else, though, as we move forward, let's talk a little bit about some of the action from around, you know, the, uh, the state of South Carolina. The one big shocker that happened uh, was Clemson, you know, getting beat on Friday night. That kind of set a, a mood for a lot of people as they were, you know, watching it from the hotel. Then they came out there on Saturday and – you, you see the Clemson fans, even in the stands at our games, a little shell-shocked. Man, how shocked were you when you saw Clemson go down, you know, really kind of easily to Ohio State, who only played six games, to get into this picture? I, I was shocked, man. I mean, I think it was Vegas had Clemson as a seven-point favorite, which I thought was a little too much. I thought it would probably, probably come down to a field goal, maybe a touchdown case scenario, but I have to tell you, I – Never in a million years thought I would see a Brent Venables defense just get run over like that by Ohio State. I believe it was 630 total yards of offense. And, I mean, Justin Fields looked like, you know, Peyton Manning back there, Patrick Mahomes, whatever you want to call it, just slinging that football down there. I mean, I know the loss of Nolan Turner in the first half and Tukulski with the targeting call, which I still think was questionable, really hurt that team. But, I mean – Color me shocked. I never saw that happen in a million years. Hanging out right now with the big man, Justin Beagle, all the way from Live 5 News over there in the sports department, hanging out with us here on Southern Sports Central, breaking down some high school, college. We'll talk a little NFL before I get him out of here, but let me ask you this. Out of that game, whose stock rose the highest? Was it Ohio State or was that offensive coordinator that's from James Island that probably – going to get a little bit of bump in that salary after being missed because uh, he couldn't travel with the team because of COVID. That was the first thing I thought of was Tony Elliott. Really, they missed his presence when he was out with COVID-19. I know, I believe Dabo Sweeney took over the primary play calling duties, and I think it showed. I mean, we saw they didn't do many of those swing passes to ETN, any of those normal things we've seen. So you're right. Tony Elliott's pocketbook's going to get a little bit thicker this offseason. I wouldn't put too much stock in Ohio State. I mean, I'm not sure what the line is now. I don't think they stand a chance against Alabama. I think Bama wins probably by two touchdowns. I just That's probably the most dangerous Crimson Tide team I've seen personally probably in the last 10 years. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think it's just kind of uh, – they're in a whole, as they say, a league of their own. Talking about other teams around the state, staying in college uh, – we saw earlier that, that it looks like Will Muschamp's decided not to go to Texas to be the D.C. And, again, I, I thought it was a bad idea. You, you don't ever want to go back to where you were, especially as a defensive coordinator and a position coach. That's just my thought on it. What were your thoughts when you saw uh, you know, that come out? And, of course, the rumors that started swirling this weekend after, of course, uh, they fire Tom Herman, they bring in Sarkeesian, and here all of a sudden you're hearing other names like, of course, Will Muschamp serves him as a coach. I mean, I wasn't at all surprised, Shock. Like you said, I don't agree with going back to some place you've been before unless, you know, you've got a good history, kind of like Mac Brown going back to UNC. That move made sense. But Muschamp, I think he's going to land somewhere again the SEC. I think there are rumors again, too, that um, he might land with Pruitt at the Tennessee staff as potentially a defensive assistant, somewhere like that. Muschamp's going to land on his feet. We all know he's a good defensive coordinator. It just did not work out in South Carolina. But his tape with his time in Florida, Auburn, et cetera, it's good. He's going to do just fine. But I'm not at all surprised that he did not go back to Texas. Let's go to the South Carolina staff because uh, I did see rumors that uh, one of the stepbrothers, uh, and I'm not talking about the movie, talking about the coaches, 
uh, and that's the guy over there hanging out at Arkansas is rumored to be over here. And I haven't seen any of the latest. I've been pretty busy all day today. But getting a wide receiver coach all the way from Arkansas who's got some connections here to our state recruiting, he's done extremely well in that uh, the, the SEC belt, if you will, of recruiting. But looking at his hire and a few others, Derek Mason, the rumor and all that stuff, what is your thought right now of where South Carolina is as far as the head coach and the coaches that the head coach has decided to keep and that some of the new ones that he looks to bring on? Well, I'll tell you one thing. This is a little personal bias here with me, but Pete Lembo, the new special teams coordinator, was the head coach of Elon, my alma mater, before I got there, of course. So I know he's a good guy when it comes to special teams. And being a head coach, I think that's a great addition for uh, Shane Beamer to have as a first-time head coach. I really, really like that one. Um, I'm drawing a blank, like you kind of said, on that wide receiver coach coming over from Arkansas. But I will say, with the loss of Shai Smith, I'm really interested to see how that wide receiver transfer from Georgia Tech lands in Mike Bobo's offense. I think if you keep Doty at quarterback, that could be a really good dynamic duo right there. But a lot of moving pieces with this team. But so far, I like what Shane Beamer has done in terms of putting the staff together. And I think the East is going to be flip-flopped here in the next couple of years. I don't think Florida's going to be as dominant. We'll see what Georgia does. They always seem to let down. But I think South Carolina is in position of maybe two to three years be competing for SEC titles in the East. And who knows, maybe even the college football playoffs. Yeah, and, of course, Eugene on it right now, letting us know that, of course, uh, we're talking about Justin Stepp. He was the receivers coach at Arkansas. Now, uh, Sam Pittman uh, will be, of course, moved uh, swiftly to replace him over in Arkansas. Uh, as uh, Now, he will come here. Now, he's from Columbia. He played for Pillion. Uh, and then, again, is Coach Stepp over there, Justin Stepp, who was uh, going to be added to the roster of coaches at the University of South Carolina. Quickly talk a little NFL with you, man. I stayed up last night, and I believe if I'm following your Twitter handle right, you, my mom, and sister, and dad are got something in common. You guys are Redskins fans, but, man, wasn't the prettiest, but it was uh, definitely the best win the Redskins got all year long was last night. What's your thoughts on in the Redskins and the decision by the Eagles to sit that quarterback who we all gained to love and like, not either – just it, of course – Alabama that he finished up at Oklahoma but you know your thoughts on the final game of the regular season last night as the Redskins clinched by or clinched their their position in the playoffs by winning their division hey man listen in, in 20 years of being a Washington football fan you're not used to winning many division titles much less winning period so I'm going to take that win I slept really good last night knowing about knowing they're going to be playing Tom Brady next week and I think they got a pretty good chance. You know, he's not a mobile quarterback, and I think that was their Achilles heel with Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, I'm still shocked. Yes, I did not know what Doug Peterson was thinking sitting him for Nate Sudfeld. But, again, you know, falls a game of strategy. And if going from nine to six in the draft was that important to him, I mean, kudos to him. He played his cards right. But, uh, you know, all this integrity of the game nonsense I keep on hearing, I mean, you know, guys are going to do what they're going to do. As long as they're cashing checks at the end of the day, I don't want to think it matters who's calling the shots on the field in a meaningless game like that if you're Philadelphia. Here we go now, wrapping it up here with Justin Beagle, all the way from Live 5 News of the Sports Department, hanging out here for the first of many as we get into 2021, talking some high school, college, and now diving into the NFL. Of course, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I was pretty stoked we took down the Bears. And we get the bye, we get the uh, the first position. That doesn't always mean anything. You know, it, it's not a guarantee, but it's a lot easier 
to get a couple of days extra off to kind of relax a few bodies and bones. But besides the Packers, or you can add the Packers, who do you feel like is, is a is a lead right now to kind of take this uh, the Super Bowl ring and the and the trophy when it's all said and done early in the uh, conversation? I'm, I mean, I think Kansas City's on a whole nother level, but I'll tell you what, I'm on the Buffalo Bills hype wagon. I saw some bits of their game yesterday against Miami, and I'm telling you what, the way that Josh Allen flings that football, that got me excited. Now, I know you've got to run the ball in January and February, but I would love to see Buffalo make a deep run and maybe even compete with Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Hanging out, wrapping it up, doing what we do here on Southern Sports Central and a Fourth day of January. Happy New Year to you guys hanging out with us here tonight, waiting for all of our five-star guests to roll through here. And, of course, we started off with Justin Beagle from Live 5 News over in the sports department. Let's go back to the high school level in the state. You know, the one thing, uh, Justin, that I did see, Myrtle Beach and that area in Horry County, they've decided to push back their sports. There's, of course, Dorchester County pushing their sports back. I believe Charleston's in that conversation. Almost everybody's kind of seeming to now wait until the end of January to at least play the winter sports. Your thoughts, do we pull entire wrestling and basketball winter season that we're kind of putting on a pause around the state? It's unfortunate. I really feel for the high school kids, especially those who kind of had this same feeling last year when spring sports got gutted from them. I hope they're able to get most of their seasons in basketball. I know there's a whole lot of logistical loopholes to jump through but I think we will get through it it'll probably just come down to you know which teams follow the protocols best and are able to stay off the COVID list and uh, you know maybe there aren't any fans when it comes championship season up in Columbia in February but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that everyone stays safe and healthy and we get this whole thing going on. Yeah no doubt again Skiza now what they have done is taken their wrestling out of the gym and onto the football field. Maybe that's something public schools can look at. And then on the other side of basketball, Dorchester County. Dorchester County uh, had, you know, taken all their fans out of the stands, even mamas and daddies, and had to watch live streams. And so, uh, like for Dorchester, they went in and, and did a little step up by putting some play-by-play in place. So, you know, I, I agree with you. And I honestly feel like, Justin, for this thing to happen, there's going to have to be some sacrifices for mamas and daddies and grandmas and fans if we want, and it's truly about these athletes, we're going to have to sacrifice maybe not seeing these young men and women face-to-face so that they can actually wrestle or, or play basketball face-to-face because they're going to come back to a very different season. They will not – most of these schools are not going to play two games. They're going to go one and done. And, again, you're going to crunch basically two, maybe three weeks uh, of basketball together so they can get into the playoffs. But, uh, Justin – Thank you so much for coming out, hanging out in the rain on Saturday, man. I appreciate you guys kind of pushing through, getting through. I appreciate the shouts there on uh, on the news, man. For these young kids to hear their names one more time, the senior class, I want to say that, that I know that they appreciate everything that you guys did by coming here on Saturday. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. We're going to do it again real soon. That you got it, buddy. Appreciate it there. As we now say so long, farewell. We'll pull the bus up from uh, West Ashley. South Carolina, and Charleston, by the way, just one of those little small pockets out of Charleston. And uh, down I-95 and in towards Charlotte, we'll land here in about three minutes. We'll be checking in here with Reginald Walker, Jr., as uh, he'll be hanging out with us. Uh, Eugene, I know you're here with us, man. It's been a little while since we've uh, had a chance to say hello. We've got about a minute before we go to break, but 
Man, a great ball game on uh, Saturday, and uh, it was a 38-21 win for the East. And I tell you, man, it was 7 nothing quick on the West as they put seven in the end zone after a turnover. But quickly, oh, did quickly, Coach Ford and the Crosby fellas and a few other Joey Stills and, and of course, all those coaches over there adjusted extremely well because they scored 21 unanswered points in the first quarter. And then it became a little bit of back and forth after the West scored 21 to tie it up. But that was the last time they would see a tie because 38-21 was the final. But a great game. We'll talk about it here, of course, at the top of hour number two as we're going to be checking in here with Coach Ford. He was the head coach of the East team. And, uh, again, a great job by all the coaches, not just on the East but on the West. I mean, it was a win-win. It's just, unfortunately, you only get one winner when you play the game of football, man. But it was a good one, man. You missed it. I know you were doing your thing, but uh, we'll wait and see what next year brings. We got or this year because we're already into this year. But it's gonna be it's gonna be something big. So hang tight. I know uh, we we've been I've been working. You and I've been talking, and we got a lot of things coming around the corner. Yeah, it's exciting to follow along on on the game. I, you know, I was kind of getting worried when I saw you know the seven nothing and. You know, because of the junior game, I guess those guys, you know, we kind of expected the junior guys to throw up a ton more points. But uh, so I was kind of wondering, you know, because, again, just like the junior bowl, the senior bowl had some very stacked, very talented, very big time, going big places, defensive linemen who, who, who were on our show. Matter of fact, two of them were on the show in one night uh, and, and one going to South Carolina and one going to Florida. And, and those guys did their thing. So I was kind of wondering, it's like, well, you know, what we learned last time is, you know, it takes a lot, you know, a while for the O-lines and things to adjust. But uh, to see a score like that, uh, you know, and, and see those kids get that last chance to play was amazing. Uh, definitely got to give a, a shout-out to Big Sully, uh, banging that 43-yard field goal. That was impressive to see, you know, for him to come back on the field and, and put one through the uprights the last time as a high school player. That was pretty cool. And to see him get that MVP as well, so – Really, really proud of my man Sully. Uh, sent him a shout out that, uh, right after the kick, and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to the rest of the show. Yeah, no doubt. We got to guys that get the break a little early. We'll be right back. When we do, we're heading to Charlotte. Watch out! Here he comes. Right after this, it's Reginald Walker Jr. Guys, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. I've been jumping in alongside. <laughs> I love it when we get the big man in here because he knows about everything, about everything. And without do, let's bring him in right now. Reginald Walker Jr. from uh, the Queen City up there in Charlotte, North Carolina. What's up, Reggie? What's up, guys? Happy New Year to you. And uh, shout out to, speaking of the Wolfpack, shout out to the, uh, uh, if you will, the lone, uh, the crow during those days, the stinger. 
who I understand is back in AEW wrestling right now. So shout out to Man. Steve Borden, which is his legal name. Well, shout out to Sting. Oh. How old is Sting, man? I mean, I'm about a guy that, I mean, I know we gave, hey, look, I know we gave Brett Favre a hard time for never walking away, but, man, Sting's got to be in his 50s, almost 60s, right? I want to say he's 62, Whew. but it may be more like 52. Mm. I bet he feels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do that as long as he has. He probably feels about 15 years older than he is. Yeah, no doubt about that for sure. Now, let's start in the NFL because usually we go college and then NFL, but let's do this. We were just in the NFL world yesterday. The Redskins, they win. They're in. A few other teams did some things. Who out of the NFL, Reggie, shocked you the most? And it could have been a team that even lost, but but what, what headline grabbed your attention coming out of uh, the final week of the regular season? Uh, for me, it's actually a couple of teams. Uh, I, I think it's uh, number one, and, and, and sometimes it's not for the right reasons, right? But I think one team you got to look at is I think you got to look at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Uh, the reason why I say that is because this was a team that at one point during the season, uh, you thought they were on their way to, to being one of the more dominant teams in the league. You thought that, uh, you know, Russell was going to run away with the MVP award. Uh, remember, this is a guy that has never had – an MVP vote, let alone finished in the top three or won it. Um, and this guy was dominant earlier in the year. Then they kind of fell off. We saw the crazy play on, I believe it was Sunday Night Football by D.K. Metcalf uh, earlier in the year where he chased the guy down and saved a touchdown. And we talked about that. But I, I think you look at Seattle, and this is a team that saw some success earlier in the year, saw some dominance, and, and now they're in the playoffs. And, and Pete Carroll's got experience. He's won a Super Bowl. Obviously, not the same level, but he won a national championship in college football. This is a guy that knows how to win. Russell Wilson is a guy that knows how to win. I think you got to watch out for that group uh, on that side of the coin. And then, and then I think in the AFC, uh, look, they're not surprising anybody right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, nobody wants to see any part of the Buffalo Bills right now. Nobody. Mm. Um, and, 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 look, I, I, it's for me – um, if I had to rank the teams in the league, and I was asked this uh, on another program last week, uh, for me, the top three teams in the league, Kansas City, easily number one, uh, until someone beats Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, that guy is going to be number one on my list. I think he's got probably the best play caller in all of football and Andy Reid, alongside Eric sleeping with the enemy, as, uh, as Chris Berman used to call him. Now he's a great offensive coordinator. Uh, you, you look at that trio there in Kansas City, and, and people forget. I think one of the things that we cannot forget is one of the reasons they're so good, their left tackle, Eric Fisher, was the number one pick in the draft. So everybody that says just go find a quarterback and figure it out, no. You better be able to protect your investment. There is no way that Patrick Mahomes gets a half-a-billion-dollar contract. We can look at how it was all coordinated later. There's no way he gets that money if Eric Fisher is not protecting his blind side and allowing him to make the plays that he does. Uh, the second best team, I think, in the, in the NFL right now, uh, look, Aaron Rodgers, that guy is out of his mind right now. Devontae Adams, 18 touchdowns, and this guy didn't even play all 16 games. 18 receiving touchdowns? Are you kidding me? That tandem right there, that duo, is more dominant than anybody else in this league right now. And then I think the number three team to watch is the Buffalo Bills followed by the, by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I agree with you right now. And, and I'm looking at all this as you kind of put it all in play there. 
and, and a lot of things. You know, I, I like, you know, Seattle, the Seahawks are a team that, you, you know, you've got to kind of check that box to see what they're going to do. I don't think they'll have any problem with L.A., but you never know. Again, it's playoffs. Everybody's back to zero. The Packers uh, are the other team, you know, out of that team. Of course, that, that team, I don't want to throw too much, um, you know, make it sound like a homer show, but i got to tell you, man, what you're seeing in Aaron, of course, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is something – uh, unprecedented to some, you know, because this guy's getting better and better and better. And to me, he's doing it with less. He has less receivers than most teams have, and he's had that problem since he's been in the league, realistically. You know, but he's found that so, go-to well, guy and how they don't cover him, though. Well, it's it's real simple, and I apologize to the listeners right now. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I mean, they, they went and drafted a quarterback in the first round and didn't get this guy any help. Are you kidding? Aaron Rodgers is mad. And the worst thing you can do is take a great player and make them mad if they know how to channel their energy into winning games. And that is what Aaron Rodgers is right now. He, he doesn't care how injured his defense is. He doesn't care that one of his running backs, A.J. Dillon, missed a bunch of time this year. He doesn't care that Matt LaFleur was kind of questioned by people as to whether or not he was the right coach for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm doing whatever I want by myself. Valdez Scanlon, you can jump on board if you want to, but me and Devontae about to do this by ourselves because I don't care. And this dude, Jordan Love, that you done went and drafted, you might as well tell him, don't even put a uniform on on Sundays because he ain't got no shot of playing unless he's mopping it up. Mm. And that's about what's happening in Green Bay to wherever they put a bus or land a plane. Now, let's look at the games coming up this uh, weekend. As they're calling Super Wild Card Weekend, the Colts and the Bills, L.A. taking on Seattle, Tampa taking on Washington. Now, again, that's the uh, the games, the first slate of games that we're going to be seeing. Uh, do you think, is there a chance that Washington can find a way? I just had on here uh, a guy who uh, covers it down here for CBS. He works for Channel 5 over here in uh, Justin Beagle. He feels pretty good that his Redskins uh, have something to take down uh, Tom Brady. Do you believe, or, or what are your picks in those three games that are going to be the first three we'll see? Well, I'll start with the, the Tampa-Washington game. And, and, and look, I, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think Washington has more than a chance. Uh, and here's why. I think it's twofold, right? Um, if you look at Tampa, right, and I'll, I'll get to Tom Brady in a minute. If you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the thing that made them so scary when they acquired Tom Brady and Gronk was what? The defense and the way they played last year. If that defense shows up in the playoffs, Washington has no chance. I'll say it right now. They have no chance. Because Alex Smith will not be able to – he's not as mobile as he used to be. Not only is he 36 or 30 – yeah, he's 36. Not only is he 36, but he's, he's got the sore calf. He's, he's, he's battling the drop foot type situation because of all the surgeries as well. He can't move like he used to, okay? They've only really got one receiver you've got to kind of fear. And I say kind of. And, and most people think I'm going to say Terry McLaurin. No. Logan Thomas at tight end is the guy you have to fear. Because he's so big, he's so physical, he can make all the catches, and he understands defenses because this guy was reared as a quarterback and played the position at Virginia Tech. So when you look at Washington, that's where 
if Tampa's defense from 2019 shows up, Washington has no chance. If that defense continues to play like they have in 2020, Washington has a great chance because this is a Washington team that does not, I repeat, does not have to blitz Tom Brady because Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, uh, I'm missing one, uh, Montez Sweat. Uh, I, c- I could continue to go down the list, okay? That defensive line room, they can get it done by themselves up front. Tim Settle as well, who was a teammate of Logan Thomas at Virginia Tech. I just named six. First of all, who knows six defensive linemen on any football team? <laughs> Nobody. It's impressive. You can name yeah, that's definitely – yeah, that's trivia Washington. night. Right. You can – that's how good they are. And, and think about it. Ryan Kerrigan, this guy's made Pro Bowls in his career, and he's a backup right now. That's how good Chase Young and, and, and Sweat are as young players. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, that group is really good. And then you can go to Ryan Kerrigan and Tim Settle off the bench to spell those guys to keep that rotation and keep them fresh. If they can win up front and get after Tom Brady with four, I think they've got a shot. I like their corners are pretty good. They're not great. They're pretty good. But the thing I really like about this defense, guys, besides that defensive front, Number 39, the safety, Reeves. I don't know how much everybody listening right now watched last night, but there was one constant during that game last night. When 39 showed up, you heard it. You heard it every time. And when you have a physical safety like that, playing center field and getting downhill in the running game, it makes people think twice. It makes receivers like Antonio Brown, like Mike Evans. They got to make business decisions. Okay, that kid is unbelievable back there, Reeves, 39. Keep your eyes out for him. He blows people up. So if if Washington's going to win, it's going to be because their defensive front is winning. And that's, look, that's what we saw in the college football playoff semifinal. Ohio State dominated Clemson because their front four said, we don't need linebackers to help us. We'll take care of ETN, and we're going to get our hands on Trevor Lawrence whenever we want. That's how you win games. And Washington is built from the inside out on the defensive side, so they've got a chance against Tampa. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they got a chance because of their defensive front. It's the old days. So you're saying we have a chance. Reginald Walker Jr. hanging out with us, breaking down Super Wild Card Weekend. Coming up this weekend, of course, the Redskins taking on Tampa Bay. Now, the other game, L.A., the Rams taking on a, a, another good team out of Seattle. That's for 40 p.m. That's going to be on Fox. Uh, that's the mid-game uh, of the day. Uh, Seattle, we know what they do. I'm a big fan of their quarterback. I like a lot of things about them. Of course, they also have a guy that, oh, Robert Quinn. That decision they made mm. probably in a long time as he wasted a lot of years in Cincinnati. He ain't wasted nothing, not time, nothing at getting a quarterback. He made an impression from the first time that he's been on this team and he continues to do it week after week as he's a graduate. By the way, a Fort Dorchester, he's a Florida Gator as well. But uh, a lot about this dude is right on the money, and I think he's going to have a lot to say about this game as they will uh, host L.A. on uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, yeah, you add to that that Jared Goff is coming off an injury. Remember, he didn't play yesterday. Um, so Jared Goff's coming off an injury. What is he going to look like? And, look, we'll call it what it is. Who runs the football for the, for, for the Rams? No one in the world knows. 
And if you can't run the football against Seattle and, and, and try to make that defense guess, you got no chance. On the flip side of it, yeah, they can, they can probably say to Jalen Ramsey, hey, I need you to go eliminate DK Metcalf. Sounds great. Who's going to take care of Lockett? Good luck. Russell Wilson, he'll throw the football. Chris Carson's healthy now. He's actually fresh because he missed some time this year. Uh, so now their running game is kind of whole. You've got Russell Wilson who can do what he, he likes to do. And you've got a defense that's playing better down the stretch. Uh, and, and you've got a Rams team that's a little bit in disarray, trying to make sure their quarterback is healthy. He's got a broken thumb, I believe. Uh, so you're, you're trying to make sure that Jared Goff is right, you're trying to figure out if you've got a legit running game that you can consistently lean on. Um, the only thing you, there's two things you got going right for you, Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. Now, generally speaking, you got those two guys, you got a chance to win. And, and so that's why I'd say, I think that game's going to be a good one. It's going to be close. It's going to be a defensive battle, I think. But I think Russell Wilson finds a way to make a play late in that game and Seattle finds a way to advance. Going to get there already. Now let's go to this other game. The first game on Saturday as we're coming from the end to the beginning here on this wild, super wild card weekend. One o'clock, one o five, kickoff CBS. You'll see the Colts and the Buffalo. Everybody pulls for right now. Bills. Now it's in Buffalo. Chances of it snowing and just being downright disgusting weather. Pretty good. That's not what you want if you're the Colts because you play inside. Any shot, I say no, but any shot the Colts find a way to uh, create a Cinderella story and knock out the Bills and their dreams of uh, getting back to the uh, Super Bowl. Richie, uh, this is a radio show, and time is important, right? you got to hit breaks, so I'm going to make this real simple. Phillip Rivers spent his entire career in San Diego, warm weather, and with the Colts, a dome. He ain't winning in Buffalo. Moving on. <laughs> Short sweet. Let's go to Sunday. It is Baltimore. <laughs> the Ravens, nevermore, taking on Tennessee, who won yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. And with that win, they clinched the division, so they get the opportunity to host Baltimore. That's going to be a 105 kickoff, I believe, on ABC. Your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans, who seem to kind of have a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of situation over there in Tennessee. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm Mr. Titan up. You know, I'm a Titans fan all day long, and I oh, like yeah. Derrick Henry in this game. I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy, big Lamar Jackson guy. My issue is, and we talked about this before, I don't think they've done a good job of developing Lamar Jackson and making sure he is added to his game. I think the Titans and Vrabel are going to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to turn him into a passer. And I think he's going he's gonna to have some spots where he looks really good. Uh, he's going to have some spots where he doesn't look great. But I think the key is going to be who wins up front. Can the, uh, the Baltimore defensive front sustain themselves against Derrick Henry, a 2,000-yard rusher? Uh, we just saw him go over 250 uh, to finish the season to get to 2,000 yards. I think this game is going to come down to a late field goal by the Titans. I think they win it at home on a late field goal. Now we go to the mid-game here on Sunday. You'll see the Bears, who took the loss last weekend against, well, the Packers. Will that hurt them and carry over as they will hit the road down to the bayou to who that? That's the Saints. They're going to be seeing at a 4 o'clock kickoff on CBS. Now the Saints knocked out the Panthers. No surprise there. But will the Saints keep marching into the playoffs and get to that next round of the Bears? 
Do the Bears have something to say? The Saints march, and the Saints march because their defense gives them a score in this game. I think Mitchell Trubisky uh, makes a major mistake and gives up points uh, with a pick six or a fumble uh, in this game. I think the Saints have c- turned into a really good defense with an offense that won't screw it up because Drew Brees can't push the ball as far down the field consistently uh, because of age and injury. Um, but I think the Saints, their defense is probably – this is probably – uh, since they've been sort of at the top of their game or one of the better teams in the NFC of the last nine to ten years or so, I, I think this is probably the second best Saints defense we've seen in that stretch. I think their defense carries the mail for them in this game, and they find a way to get over the hump. I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game, 20-13 to 13 type of game, 20-14, to 14, somewhere in that range. I think the Saints win that one, 20-14 to 14 down in the dome. And this could be the final ride. For Drew Brees, by the way. Not hearing a lot about it, but I've heard a little chatter around the world. And now the final game that's going to kick off on Sunday night that will wrap up this big super wild card weekend over there on NBC. You'll check it out with uh, a 9, excuse me, an 8-15 kickoff between. How about this one? Man, I'm excited just to see the Browns in the, in, in the playoffs. It's kind of like a Super Bowl for their fans here for sure. And the Steelers, who are extremely red hot early, have seemed to kind of simmer down a little bit getting latter part of the season. Now, Reggie, these are two teams who, I got to be honest, I feel like the Steelers have what they got, and I think they're probably the bigger team here. But, man, the Browns just being in a conversation in postseason to me just kind of feels 2020-ish for me as I know we're in 21. I agree. And, and look, some of this is about learning and growing pains. And, and this is where, you know, Mike Tomlin – you know, and that defense, look, they've had a lot of injuries this year. Spillane got hurt. T.J. Watt spent some time out. Bud Dupree is not there. Uh, they're playing with a lot of they're, – they're just piecing it together. They've got, you know, safeties and uh, playing linebacker and all kinds of things. But they're piecing it together and they're figuring it out. Big Ben just had a week off to rest and get his body right. Baker Mayfield has never seen playoff intensity before. It's going to be in Pittsburgh. It's going to be cold. It's going to be nasty. And the one thing that we can say, as much as we love Kevin Stefanski, is he's never fully committed to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in that running game for a full 60 minutes. I don't think he starts in the playoffs. I think Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to advance to the next round. But this is a good step for the Cleveland franchise and Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield to learn how to win um, and and learn how to win in the playoffs. It's not easy to win in the playoffs. And when you haven't been there in years, it's even harder. I think the Browns will play well, but I'll say it the way they say it in Western PA. Yen's not beating the Steelers in Big Ben (laughs) in Heinz Field, not in January. Yen's not doing it. So and I agree with them that 100%. Steelers. I definitely agree. Now, talk about winners and losers from the weekend. We quickly go to the college, Franks. And, uh, man, how about the Ohio State Buckeyes? As they didn't just dot the eye with the tuba player, they dotted a few Tigers as well as they took care of business and fashion. And I got to tell you, I thought the secondary at Clemson was a lot better and what they looked like the other night, and I'm not sure. I want your thoughts and your opinions quickly on that hit 
I didn't like that he lowered his helmet. I don't mind him hitting him. I just didn't like him hitting him the way. But then there's a side of me that says, well, it's football. I'm kind of torn between the two. Changed my mind thinking that that's a bad hit or helping me agree that I think that was the right call when you talk about that Clemson loss that knocks them out of the opportunity for another national championship and propels the Ohio State Buckeyes and that big-time quarterback, Justin Fields, who I thought really showed himself in five-star fashion on the field. Justin Fields was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I've never seen him play that well. Okay, that's that's first and foremost. Uh, and, you, you you know, that, that was something that I, I didn't see coming. But this was an Ohio State team that uh, was focused on Clemson. Since last year, they were focused on Clemson. And they got it done. I think this is a team that peaked. Uh, in that moment, that was the game that they were eyeballing. That was the game that they were looking forward to. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, it's it's that's how they responded, and they and they played really really well. Uh, and I've said I think that defensive front, um, while it doesn't have a Chase Young on it, it doesn't have a Nick Bosa on it, it doesn't have a Joey Bosa on it. Uh, I think this is the best, uh, I guess, quad or group that Coach Johnson has had in the Urban Meyer, Ryan Day era. Uh, as far as the targeting call, guys, that was, it was the right call. It, 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 and the reason I say that, it, it, was, it was the dictionary definition of the rule. And, and that's the easiest way I can say it. If you go look up targeting, and I'm going to pull it up here as, I, as, as we're talking here, and, and I'll read it exactly what it says. If you go look up the definition of targeting, uh, that was the call. And I thought they did a good job. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like the call. Uh, but it, in, in my opinion, uh, it was the right call. And I went back and forth with Twitter on a couple of people, uh, with a couple mm-hmm. of people on Twitter. Uh, there were some people right away that said, there's no way you can eject him. Do not eject him. That's not right. Uh, and, and look, at the end of the day, it was the right call because it was the letter of the law rule, and the rule says, and I quote, lowering the head before attacking by initiating forcible contact with the crown of his helmet. That is mm. the definition of what James Skalski did. I, I hate it for the kid because it was a big moment in a big game, and he was trying to make a play, and I, I guarantee you, I know it wasn't intentional. And you know what? If Justin Fields doesn't spin the way he does, he gets a shoulder in the middle of the back, not a helmet in the ribs. But that was the dictionary definition of a forcible blow with the crown of the helmet. And I, I even saw some tweets out there from, from different people that have had spinal kind of injuries or been around the game a long time that will say, dude, what are you doing? That's how XYZ person got hurt. You know, those types of things. So, uh, to me, I thought, I thought it was the right call. It was unfortunate that it happened that way, but I thought it was the right call, um, and it's unfortunate for Skalski. That was an Ohio State team. I think, I think that's the best they can play, period. Right. And I'm concerned that against Alabama on Monday night, they may be a flat football team, and they may struggle to find the energy. I'm not suggesting they're going to get ran out of the stadium like they did to Clemson, but I think they may struggle to find some energy in that game. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. That, by the way, I think is the second time in a row he's been ejected for uh, a, a, an illegal hit there. And, uh, you know, we kind of look at what we see. We, we understand, and I agree with you. He lowered his helmet, the crown of his helmet. And, and that is when I knew there was no doubt that the referee, even if the ref wanted to let it go, you know, uh, you know, I, I believe he, he had no choice but to make that call. The final thing, we've got three minutes here. It will be in Alabama. It will be the Ohio State Buckeyes. It will be a very well-televised and, I would imagine, watched on Monday night. And, uh, again, we, uh, we're a week away from the national championship game. But Alabama just realistically, honestly, distinctively, all the other things that you want to put out here, this just is a grown man football team ready to play some grown man football. And I don't know if they got enough grown men in the Ohio State Buckeye roster right now. I think it's strength versus strength, guys. I really do. I think it's Ohio State's defensive front against Alabama, which is probably one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country. And I think at the end of the day, whoever wins that battle, if Najee Harris can run for I, – I, to me, Najee Harris has to run for 120 yards plus – and Alabama wins this game. If he's held under 100 yards, I think we're in a dogfight and the Buckeyes have a chance. But if you're asking me to pick it, I'm taking Alabama close because I think Mac Jones makes a couple of plays in that passing game. Uh, And here's the thing. I know everybody's thinking Devontae Smith, who I think is going to win the Heisman tomorrow night. Keep your eye on Mechie. Don't worry about six. Six is going to do what six does. Eight from Bama, Mechie, will make a play in this game that proves to be pivotal for Alabama if they're going to win this football game. And so keep your eyes on Mechie the third at the wide receiver position. That's the guy to watch uh, for Alabama. I think the the Tide wins this one, but I think it's razor thin, and it may be Mechie making a catch to get them a first down in the red zone so they can kick a field goal late to win this game. Doesn't get any better than that. Now, Reggie, I will look at uh, the list on Wednesday night because, you know, you, uh, I'll be back here on Wednesday night. Eugene's going to have the night off. I may bring you in here for longer than 30 if you got it. Look Hold at your on, schedule. Man, you and I will. How many nights off does Eugene have, man? <laughs> now, I know I get smarter every time Eugene talks, but my goodness, Eugene, you off every day, man. Can I get a day off? <laughs> got to pay the bills, brother. I got to um... – I have uh, four depositions in Greenville that have been scheduled and ordered by uh, a county judge that need to be taken by a certain day. So all four of them have been lined up in Greenville. I did not take the day. Uh, so I'll be in Greenville uh, paying bills, doing, doing work on uh, Wednesday. So, so basically, Richie, what he's saying is what we say about people, Josh Norman, when they meet uh, uh, Derrick Henry. That man got a family. Mm-hmm. And he got to support him. So Eugene going to go support his family. I respect that. Good do his thing. That, no doubt. Now, that being said, I will touch base <laughs> with you. Because I'm going to bring you in here, possibly, if you got some time to kill on Wednesday night. I may let you co-host it with me for the first hour from 6 to 7. Because there's college basketball and a few other things. I just got a loaded guest list. And it's getting ready to happen with the team that won the East. The lower state of South Carolina handled business in that senior bowl, by the way. Reggie, uh, I don't know if you heard, 38-21, and I'm getting ready to catch up with the head coach, Coach Ford, led his uh, dogs, as we like to say, out to hunt. And those boys picked up a trophy and a, 
and a bunch of points on uh, Saturday over at Woodland High School. I love it. I love it. Look, you know what I say. Anybody that's out here coaching them up and helping these kids, A, play with discipline and learn the game and grow as players, but even more so grow as people and and try to achieve their goals, I'm all for it. So shout out to both coaches. Um, And and I I just ask that you all continue your show as well, you and Eugene. I know Eugene uh, works with a lot of guys in the special teams realm, kickers, punters, et cetera. Continue to do it, guys, because I think I think it's I think the game has a bright future, uh, especially as long as people like you all uh, are taking it seriously and keeping it in your hands and adding to what these young people are trying to become. No doubt, brother. And as I'll let you do your signature sign off, as we appreciate your solid thirty, brother. Happy New Year to everybody. Everybody, be safe. Enjoy twenty twenty one. I hope it started off positive, and I hope it continues positive. Until Wednesday night, we are. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the myth, and the legend. All the way from Charlotte, North Carolina. He played football for Joe Pa, the Nittany Lions. He grew up in Tennessee. And now he's hanging out in Charlotte. Does it with us here on Monday nights from 6.30 to 7. You heard it. He's going to catch up with me on uh, Wednesday night. He'll do it with me. Maybe the whole show, but definitely the first part of the show. Because uh, 6 to 7, lots of cover. And then uh, we'll hang out with the West team on uh, Wednesday night. So reset top of the hour is now we will then head back to Charlotte, well, South Carolina as we're going to be heading over to Woodland high school with the head coach of the East team. That's right. It's time to bring him in right out of this. And you know who that is? Well, that's coach Ford guys. Don't go anywhere. And that means it's time to bring in the legend, the man, the myth, and doing it big on the eastern side of things in the lower state of South Carolina with a 38-21 win, styling and profiling here on Southern Sports Central. I bring him in, the man, that is Coach Ford. Good afternoon, Coach Ford. It's a pleasure to talk to you here tonight. Let's see if we got Coach Ford with us. Coach Ford, you're with us? 
We might have dropped him there. Man, I gave him the introduction of a lifetime. Gene, check him out in the green room. Let's see if we can find out if that's him on the 843 as uh, he was just there with us just moments ago. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, it was an incredible game. I mean, an incredible game as uh, we brought him in to uh, to coach the East team. And he had 80 – well, excuse me, he had 42, 42 of the big boys down there in the uh, in the lower state of South Carolina. He picked his coaches, who then, of course, they picked their players. And uh, then they kind of picked the plays, and they ran them from Thursday night where they showed up on the property over there at uh, the Country Inn of Suites right there in Somerville, South Carolina, right off the interstate. They checked in. They ate. And guess what they did after that? And they headed over to uh, to the practice field where they got it in. I mean, they did it for three hours on Thursday night. Then they took a, a little nap there. They, uh, of course, uh, checked in, got back into curfew time, and then woke up the next day and did it all day long from uh, Friday morning. I think they got there sometime around 9-ish. They didn't leave until 5-ish. And I uh, want to thank Jay uh, Williams. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I got him involved to, co- to cook the burgers and hot dogs for him. It was a really, I mean, a really, really good time for, uh, for them as um, just an impressive, just an impressive opportunity there. So I believe uh, we're going to check in here in just a second with, uh, with the coach. But, but, again, Coach Ford, I thought, did a great job. His game plan was on point. Uh, the East uh, did what they needed to do by, um, by by just really staying on top of it. You know, they didn't fall behind, right? I mean, they did for uh, the, the first quarter for just a few moments as uh, a turnover. Ended up becoming uh, six points for the, the for the West team. And uh, the kid from Wahala, Zaire Scotland, number four, ends up uh, having a pretty big night on the, or the day for uh, the West team. But it was the defense that I thought did really well of uh, handling business that needed to be handled. So, you know, uh, when I put everything into play, you know, we, we start to kind of understand, you know, uh, again, it was a battle in between the trenches. The offense, the defense, the special teams all played things into this game. So, you know, Eugene, I know you're trying to catch in, and, uh, and, and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll find out here just a little bit from, uh, from the coach as uh, he's getting ready to get in here with us, talk a little football with us. But, um, again, great opportunity. Talk some football with the guy, and uh, we'll hopefully catch in here with him in just a little bit. Eugene, any luck, buddy? Yeah, it looks like we had technical difficulties. Uh, the call was uh, placed on hold, and uh, I don't know if it's dropped on his end. Uh, if Coach is out in Woodland area, you know, you and I have covered games out there, sometimes uh, some cell phone, no matter who, what provider you have. You and I, you know, we're calling that little uh, the, the youth football games there. It was uh, some some issues with cell phone service out there. So I'm going to see if we can't get them back in here in just a second. I'm going to switch over to the green room, bud, and see if I can uh, link Coach in. Okay, I okay, believe, I believe that's a, that's a, that, that, that could that be, could be uh, another uh, gentleman, gentleman there. there as uh, uh, we look uh, forward to, of course, uh, trying to get everything organized here to get the coach in here, and, and hopefully uh, we'll do that here just a little bit. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We're going to bring him back. I know we're going to get him in here in just a minute, guys. Don't go anywhere. We got some football to talk here. We're going to be checking in here in just a little bit with the winning coach of the big-time Epic 84, guys. Don't go anywhere. You can't seriously still be thinking of playing. (laughs) Admit it. This season was a total wash. 
You're wasting your time. You should have canceled with us when you had the chance. We have to try. <laughs> oh, yeah? Even if you make it all the way through, it won't be a real championship. It'll be the biggest asterisk this sport's ever You're seen. You're not even going to be in the championship game, so I don't even know why you care. I can't talk to you when you're like this. Good luck. Great! It's Nebraska! You seriously need to chill out. Too late to call shotgun? I think it might be best if I go alone. We have Trevor Lawrence and the best team in the nation. Uh, Joe Burrow is still picking bits of Clemson out of his cleats today. And Alabama is still reeling a year later after the worst loss in Nick Saban's coaching well, career. Well, the entire ACC Coastal Division, uh, still sucks. You need us, and we need you. Get in. Ready? Ready. Oh, wait. Where y'all headed? To a blowout playoff semifinal loss. You in? We're headed to the 2020 football season. I'm in. No matter what happens, we do this together. Together. Well, I have to ask Texas first, but assuming that goes well, then, yeah, together. And while the boys all have their belts, I got to see it. And I know it to believe it as the coach of the East has got that Ric Flair robe on, walking around Woodland with a, uh, a championship around his belt as he won this. If you're in the lower state, a, a big game in the Senior Bowl, the only Senior Bowl took place this year in the Palmetto State. With that, I'll bring in Coach Ford. What's up, Coach? Oh, nothing to it, Richard. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Man, I brought you in with Ric Flair. You got the belt coming on next with, of course, uh, Jafari Pearson, Willis Lane. We call him Uncle Willie after this weekend. Sully going to check in here and <laughs> TJ Sanders, man. So, I mean, it's a pretty loaded show from here on out. I got to be honest with you, Coach. I'm ecstatic to have you start us off here now with number two. Yeah, you want to start with the best, though. But <laughs> saying that to say this, no, those those guys that you called out, uh, Willis, TJ, Jafari, those are some great players. They made our job really easy on Saturday. And then not only were they great players, they were great kids, great kids. 
Now, now, Coach, correct me if I'm wrong here, and it won't be the first or the last time. Will Jeffcoat, is that one of the guys I believe that was on your roster as well? Yes, yes. For, for Will was he was an offensive lineman, of, lineman, right? Yes, sir, out of Pillion High School. Okay, he's the only young man I wasn't able to get a hold of today. I was hoping to get him in because all five of those guys that I just named all walked out of there with belts, be it running backs. Uh, of course, MVP was T.J. Sanders. Special teams was Sully. Offensive line was Will Jeffcoat Willis. The last train, Uncle Willie, won the running back one. And Jafari Pearson, the quarterback award. And getting five, I think, uh, out of the nine awards that were given out coming out of the East, Coach uh, you know, let's talk about the game. Uh, and if you want, you can start with Thursday night because I think that's when it all began as uh, the kids started showing up around 2.30, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, they all showed up. We got checked in. And, I mean, the plan with the staff the whole time was to get them on the field Thursday. And, and basically, let's go ahead and have a pre-practice and a, and, a, and a dry run at this thing. So when we get hit the field Friday, it wouldn't be we wouldn't have any issues with where to line up, what group you were in, what position you were playing, or anything like that. But uh, we started uh, th- we started Thursday night at about seven thirty, and we finished at about ten. Um, you know the guys worked their butts off. I mean they they were paying attention to detail and and it being new to everybody. And I mean we had a lot of competition going on because you know anytime you're in an all star game, everybody wants to be that alpha in practice. But um. I mean, it was good, friendly competition. Um, and then going into Friday, I mean, we practiced twice Friday, uh, 8.30 to 10.30, and then we came back that afternoon and went at it. Uh, had a good cookout lunch. But, I mean, the practice, everything went so smooth with these guys. I mean, we didn't have any issues with kids, you know, blowing assignments. I mean, everything went well. I mean, they were attentive. The staff did a good job getting the information and, and the scheme across to the kids. Um it was just, I mean, it was, I can't even, I can't even put it in words how smooth it went and how good everything went those first couple of days and those first couple of practices. We're hanging out right now with the winning coach of the Epic 84, the Palmetto State Senior Bowl, brought to you by the South Carolina High School Blitz in Southern Sports Central. As Southern Sports Central is that lower state side of the conversation, Coach, I owe you a steak dinner. That's something Coach Smitty didn't get a chance to, to hear after his ball game. So he's buying me a steak. I'm buying you a steak. And <laughs> he's probably going to have to buy himself a steak. I don't know. Uh, who, maybe Eugene will come in and save him. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, man, it was a great weekend before we even got there at 1 o'clock or 11 o'clock on Saturday because you get 84 young men. And let's be honest, these are grown men at, at this age. They're graduating in a few months. Some just graduated going to college in two days. Or even today, some of the kids left to go to school. Everybody behaved. Yes. Everybody did what they needed to do, Coach. It became a very serious business meeting, if you know what I mean. It did. It did. I told the kids, I mean, you know, I mean, it was all about business. And I told them it's a business trip, but at the same time, we want a fellowship. We want to create a brotherhood because an all-star experience, you're going to – and like I told them, you're going to play with guys that you see playing on Saturday. You'll play with guys that hopefully they'll have the potential to play on Sunday. And it's just the memories of, you know what, hey, man, I played with this guy. You know, he was this kind of guy, or, you know, I, I was that guy, you know, mm-hmm. on this team. And it's just, you know, I told him to relish the whole experience. I mean, everything from being in the hotel to ordering pizza at night to just fellowshipping and getting to know your teammates to actually playing the game. And then, you know, the cherry on top was just winning the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it definitely was. As you guys won 38-21. Let's kind of look quickly here. And by the way, Coach, uh, just to let you know, Jafari Pearson is on. Uh, I'm going to bring him in before I cut you loose so you can say anything that you'd like to maybe say. I know you guys kind of – these kids kind of rushed out of here, and you're more than welcome to hang out with us uh, throughout the rest of the show uh, or just kick back and I send you the link either way. But, you know, as we look back at this game, the, the East fell down seven nothing because of a turnover. And of course, you know, the one man that the defense had to make sure they had account for uh, was a man out of Wahala is there Scotland. This kid was, was very good over there on the other side, but you know, the adjustments by the defensive coordinators were made, but not before they put seven on the board. It was seven, nothing early. And then 21 unanswered points in the first quarter kind of uh, set the tone coach. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, I thought we were a little better. I thought our staff did a better job evaluating kids. I thought we had a better team. And it was just unfortunate that we had a turnover early. But one thing about our kids, they didn't get down. They didn't get down on each other. They didn't get down on staff. Everybody stayed positive. And for us to wheel off 21 straight points after that, that's just a tribute to the kids and the coaches and everybody staying positive and, and, and staying within themselves. Now, Coach, we, we know who's all won the belts, uh, but but if there was a few guys that maybe you would like to give a little bit of shout-out to that, that kind of stood out that were so close. Again, handing out these belts, that, that was probably just as hard, if not harder, decision to, to figure out who starts, when they start, and who subs in and out. But other than the gentlemen that are going to join us here, the five guys that got their belts out of the East, uh, who else stood out to you that you kind of were like, wow, that kid's definitely uh, going to be a, 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 a gem if somebody would just give him a chance? I thought Jalen Levine out of Fort Dorchester played very well. Um, he was solid all day in coverage. Uh, he was a positive guy. Um, he's got an a infectious personality. People kind of gravitate to him. And, I mean, he's a, he's a leader. He played well. Um, he did a really good job. Um, offensive line-wise, I thought Ian Shark out of Colleton, um, great player. I mean, he's, somebody's going to get a steal with this kid. I mean, he's a role-grading kid. He's physical, smart kid, yes, sir, no, to, no, sir type of guy. I mean, he's all about his business, and he did a really good job. Um, let me see, linebacker-wise, I thought uh, Jay Snow out of uh, Berkeley, I thought he did a good job. I mean, he's a really good player. Um, Khalil Gadsden, uh, I think he's going to Appalachian State out of Fort Dorchester. I mean, he really did a good job. I mean, we had a lot of guys that played well. I mean, and then uh, not only just individual guys, but I thought as a team, in every unit, we played well. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, of course, your kicker draining that one for 43 yards. The personality of that young kid, by the way, Sully Harden, <laughs> I had a chance to throw the football with him on the sideline, and he kept saying, man, I know you know Coach Ford. And I think if you just – Maybe maybe rub his elbow or something. He'll let me quarterback. I said, Sully, there's no chance at all that you ever walk into the quarterback. He said, Well, I'm ready. Just let him know. <laughs> well, you know those those kickers are different. They're different type guys. And I think if you ask anybody on the team this week that who probably was had the craziest outgoing his personality, everybody would probably it'd probably be a slam dunk, and they'd say Sully. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk he's about a, uh, he's, a, he's a different kid. And it takes a different kid to be a kicker, as Eugene's, uh, you know, he's the other half of Southern Sports Central that is a special teams guy. Uh, You saw today, by the way, uh, Uncle Willie, as we called him over the weekend, Willis Lane gets an offer, I believe, from Limestone. Um, 
not surprised. I mean, we watched that kid. Matter of fact, that one-two punch from uh, him and Leroy Bracey, led by Jafari Pearson, I understand now why Camden was as good as Camden was throughout the entire year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Those three guys from Camden, they are special kids. They are special kids. I mean, Uncle Willie, Leroy, Jafari. I mean, Jafari is a natural leader. I mean, he's got a really unique skill set because he's a big guy. He's got a really strong arm. He can run. Um, people gravitate to him. And, you know, Uncle Willie and Leroy, they don't talk a lot. You know, not that I noticed, but I tell you what, when they're on that field, you know they're on the field. And I can see why uh, Camden has been very successful the last three years with those guys as starters because they are great players. And I am so happy for Uncle Willie. <laughs> I loved it. It was a great weekend. And then, of course, you can't go without mentioning the other third quiet. that You had the quietest running backs I've ever, ever been around in my life with those two. And then Nathan Harris-Wayne, of course, he actually is at South Carolina today. He actually uh, went in there today as he got that uh, preferred walk-on opportunity. He also collected uh, the check there uh, with the uh, scholarship award that Ken Brown and the high school blitz handed out there to him. I thought it was awesome. Of course, the Sumter young man. Uh, another one. How does it go for your offensive coordinator to pick between not one, not two, but three solid running backs? I mean, holy moly, uh, it was locked and loaded back there for the uh, West or the East team. Oh gosh. Well, we kind of when we evaluated those kids and brought them in. I mean, we knew what we were going to be doing on offense. We knew the run game, the blocking schemes, and we knew that we knew that the kid out of Sumter. Oh gosh, his, his, his name just slipped my mind all of a sudden. Um, Nathan Harris, but right? we knew that, he, yeah, we knew Nathan would be good at certain things. We knew Uncle Willie would be good at certain things, and we knew Willis would be good at certain things. So I mean, we knew the whole time that okay, this he's going to be good at this, he's going to be good at that, and I mean, we were we were projecting, but we projected right because they all were successful in the run game that we had for those guys. Yeah, and not to mention Booker, of course, but, from St. John's Christian Academy, he did his thing, and Hayden Vasquez for a quarterback. You know, you actually had a three-headed running backs, but you had three-headed quarterbacks as well, Coach. Yeah, all of those, all of those guys did a good job. Sure did. Uh, Booker, he led. Actually, he led the the go-ahead drive when the score was twenty-one to twenty-one. I mean, he led us on the game score on the go-ahead drive, about an eighty-yard drive. I mean, he came in and did an excellent job. And it's it's tough on these guys because you got to think all our quarterbacks have never been guys that have had to come off the bench to lead a crowd to lead a drive. And you got to think Uncle Willie, Nathan, uh, Willis, you got to think those guys, they never had to sit on the bench. So no one had egos. Everybody got in when it was their turn. They performed. They kept each other up when they were in the game. They cheered each other on. I mean, it was it was an awesome experience for these guys. It really was. Now, again, I, I want to kind of touch a few. And, 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 again, I know that you're holding on. Uh, Jafari, so don't go anywhere. You're getting a chance to hear your coach. You're kind of break down your teammates from the weekend that was. Now, wide receivers, man, what a stout group of wide receivers y'all picked. All from Jaden Scott from James Island, that's a big name. Solomon Butler yeah. from Berkeley, J.J. Jones, Nashon Hezekiah, and a guy that you know pretty well, and Javon Walker, who I saw yesterday actually over there on the campus. But, man, what a five-star group of five receivers. I'm t- I, I can't say enough about the kids we picked and, and, and how my staff really did a great job evaluating these guys. And not only did we get great players, we got high-character kids. I mean, those receivers were – I mean, they were 
they were really good guys. I mean, really good guys, really good players. They competed. I mean, they talked a little noise, and, of course, they all want the ball. But, you know, that's that's what receivers do. They want somebody to throw them the ball. But it was an awesome group. I mean, you know, J.J.'s got a – they all have a bright future ahead. But, I mean, I, I'm not sure if J.J. enrolled early. But he'll be at North Carolina. Hezekiah's going to Howard. Um, Solomon's, he's headed to – gosh, he's Western, Western Carolina. Carolina. Yep. And – Walker's got a few things and a few options, and um, I'm not quite sure about Jaden Scott. I want to say he's committed to somewhere, but I'm not quite sure. Now, now, Coach, when we look at that big offensive line before we switch over and, and hand out to the defense for just a quick minute before I get you out of here, man, great job, of course. We mentioned Will Jeffcoat, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, uh, he got the offensive line award, but a lot of chatters, a lot of – Yelling out Mr. Hampton Smith, the kid from Ashley Ridge. You had two big guys. Unfortunately, Jordan Richards, the big kid from Fort Dorchester, that caused a lot of problems for the defense on their own team at practice on Friday. He went down with an injury. Word is, I think he's okay, but uh, he's another big yeah. man. But there were so many guys here between Ian Shark, you mentioned him as well, and then the big man from uh, Buford, Terrence Wilson, and Daryl Shivers over there from O-Dub. Uh, talk about that big front line that gave all of our quarterbacks and running backs nothing but opportunities, of course, with our receivers having a chance to get the ball as well. Oh, they they did a great job. I mean, uh, Smith out of Ashley Ridge is a massive kid. <laughs> massive. I've never seen a son in high school as big as that kid. But he's a smart kid. I mean, he called all the protections. He kept the guys kind of organized up front. And, I mean, they did a really good job. They were physical. They competed. Um, they went hard. And then we didn't overcomplicate things. So it wouldn't be – so they didn't have to do a lot of thinking. We just wanted those guys to play. And one thing about offensive linemen, you don't want them to have to think a lot. You just want them to be confident in what they're doing and and get off the ball and get after people, and that's what they did. And then, you know, they all bonded well this week. I mean, they were all together ever since Thursday, and, and I think they were up studying at night and talking about plays, and I I just like what we had in that group. It was a solid group, indeed, as we, of course, uh, tr- quickly look over the defense. Defensive line, man, you got Jaden Broughton. kid was amazing. I watched him his whole time in, in high school, and I knew he was going to be a big-time factor. He caused a lot of heck and havoc over there for the offensive side. Sam Moultrie from Timberland, another kid over there in Berkeley County, Bamberg, Earhart, and Jamison, of course, Fuller over there in Lakewood, and Justin Boone from Sumter who's going to Florida. I think he may be – possibly heading that way shortly and then you can't forget of course uh thomas johnson that big boy from ainer south carolina they grow them big in uh Horry county at least in ainer they do coach your thoughts on that big defense up front? yes they do i tell you what i was i was impressed with all of those guys but i knew moultrie out of timberland because we've been scrimmaging them and they've, they've ended up in our region so for four years i've seen him and we hadn't blocked him for four years so I knew that he was going to be a handful in this game, and he was. He made lots of plays, and, I mean, he's really aggressive. Not the quietest kid you ever see in your life. He won't say a lot. He doesn't do a lot of talking, but his actions on the field speak volumes. Um, Justice Boone, I mean, he's another kid. Justice is a kid that you could potentially see on Sunday. When he learns to get his motor run and play after play, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. I mean, all those defensive linemen brought him. I mean, he's a kid that just raised a lot of heck out there Saturday. Yep, and full out of Lakewood. I mean, he really made a lot of plays. I mean, overall, I thought that whole group 
play well, minus the couple glitches we had offensively turning it over and kind of put our defense in a, in a kind of bad situation. I mean, those guys played well. And that's considering the rain, by the way. We did deal with some weather throughout the day. Now, your linebackers, quickly, Coach, you had a ton. I mean, almost a, a, a bus load of linebackers all the way from Bethia, from Marion, Morris from Sean Thurman, Chris Austin from O-Dub, Otis Mack Jr. from Fort Dorchester, Jade Snow, you mentioned him from Berkeley. We also look at Isaiah Washington from Bamberg. And one of the uh, one of the guys that, of course, I thought stood pretty well was Mason Lord from Stratford, young man kind of uh, came in here and able to kind of hold his own. He did. I mean, Mason's a good kid. He's smart, and he's way more athletic than, than what he what he looks. And, I mean, he's always around the ball. I mean, he did a really good job playing Saturday. Yeah, tough kid. Uh, all those linebackers did a really good job. I mean, I, I can't say this enough, Richard, but we did a really good job as a staff evaluating kids and getting some really good players as well as really good kids into this game. Um, I mean, all those guys, I mean, every kid that we have, I think, had the potential to go play college football. And I'm not just saying that to hype the kids or saying anything like that, but all those guys have next-level college potential. Right. Yeah, I would totally agree with you on both rosters as I'm looking at both of them. Now, the finals, the defensive backs, you mentioned, uh, of course, Jalen Levine there, and you also mentioned Khalid Gatson, both of those cats. Ford Dorchester teammates got a chance to play one more time. You also had Trey Baker from Myrtle Beach, who I thought was very yeah. interesting watching his style. He ruined with Jalen Levine, where I thought was kind of a neat conversation there. James Wright from Lakewood. Janik all the way from Carolina Force. I thought he actually – I didn't know much about him, but when I got a chance to watch him, man, this kid also will be able to play on Saturdays if he'll just kind of grow yeah. where he go where he can grow. And then uh, Melvin mm-hmm. Ravidel. We've seen him down here in the low country out of Goose Creek, but, man, he did what he did. And, of course, Adonis Davis from Blackville. Uh, and, of course, uh, Keith Deshishore, who uh, unfortunately suffered an injury on Friday, didn't get a chance to play on Saturday. But the kid, of course, uh, is a baller as well, Coach. And it's funny, but Keith, Keith got hurt by his teammate. <laughs> his, teammate hit him in, his teammate hit him in practice. Khalil hit him in, and, and banged him up a little bit, so he wasn't able to play. But I tell you what, I've never seen as as a confident pair of corners as as Jalen and Trey. I mean, I would have loved to sit in their room and listen to their conversations at night about football. Well, I can promise you it was entertaining, to say the least. I've actually had a chance to talk to all these kids. And, and Coach, uh, I'm going to let you hang tight. I'm going to bring in your quarterback. Of course, uh, he's getting ready to join us here in just a little bit with Jafari Pearson. And, Uncle Willie, I know you're holding on, buddy. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come to you as well. But, Coach, I'll put you in the green room if you want to hang out. You're more than welcome to do that. And uh, what we'll do is we'll bring in your team one by one. If you need me to, I can get you the uh, the link so you can listen to it as well. I sure will. Definitely shoot me the link. I'll hang out in the green room for a while. All right, Coach, thank you very much. Again, congratulations on the win. Let me know. You and I will settle up with the state dinner, the uh, the four of us, that, me, you, and uh, Coach Smitty and Eugene. And, of course, I think we'll bring Coach Still in and let him get us an extra one involved as well. He's a big offensive line coach, so why not let him get in on some of this good food as well. And, of course, the Crosby guys. We didn't even mention your coaches. Man, your coaches were awesome, uh, Coach. Thank you. Oh, um, hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that staff for the world. And I know one thing, a Friday night lights with that crew would be definitely dangerous going forward, Coach. Thank you again. I'm going to let you hang tight. I'll be right back to you. If you need anything, just reach out, Eugene, and put you back in the line with us, Coach. 
Okay, appreciate it. All right, guys, let's go now to the quarterback, y'all, and he is the quarterback of the weekend, Jafari Pearson, Mr. Camden himself. What's going on, Jafari? How's life back home in Camden? It's good. How you doing? Good, man. How's that belt looking, man? You got that thing hanging around your waist still? You got it hanging on the wall? Where's it at? No, it's in the bed with me. I'll sleep with her for right now. So I'll find find his home. Find his home, man. What a great performance you did, man. Again, you and I had a chance to get to know each other pretty well throughout the weekend. We did media, and of course, you and I got a chance to kind of have a little fun and some laughters, man. But but never was there a moment, never a moment, Jafari, where, where you weren't smiling. I mean, you know, I don't know what you look like because y'all were trailing, you know, down by seven, but you don't seem like that guy. And I said this uh, to you the other day, and this is a compliment in big ways. You remind me a lot of a guy out of Somerville who's now a quarterback over at Liberty, Jonathan Bennett. You guys actually kind of similarly look a lot alike, to be honest with you, man. But you guys have this in common is that you're always smiling. You're always looking for that positive coming out of a play, whether it was a loss of five or a, pay, a pickup of five. But that energy, man, I got to be honest with you, it was very contagious all weekend long from the hotel all the way to the football field, man. How do you – how do you kind of handle that, and what is it about this game that keeps that smile on your face? I mean, uh, as long as I can play football, I'm always going to be happy. Like, just surrounding myself with uh, other people and, like, just going out there having fun is, is, is like, always fun. I'm always going to be smiling. Now, of course, you guys had a heck of a year, man. I know you didn't get the ending you wanted, but you sure got a pretty good ending for your senior season as you started 2021 with a win here with the class of 21. I said this multiple times to this weekend is what better way to get into a new year than bring the class of 21 to kick it off. And not only did you guys do that, you guys picked up a win, man. What was it like, man? Give me some, some, some key words that, that, that stick to you once you got back home yesterday or excuse me on Saturday night and uh, we're able to kind of suck it all in as you realize that you got an MVP belt, you got the win and your final time on the football field as a high school athlete, you got to win. Uh, this mean it meant everything to me because uh, I really wasn't expecting to play anymore uh, at the high school level, I guess. Until I mean, I thought I was gonna be over with, but just getting out there and getting out uh, another chance to play with my boys is it's real special. Now you talk about your boys. You had a couple of those boys hanging out with you back there, Leroy Bracy, yourself, and of course Uncle Willie, who's hanging out in the green room listening to our conversation right now as he'll come in here next. But before we talk about your other teammates, your new teammates for the weekend, man, how cool was it to play one more time with the guys that hung out in the backfield with you all season long and gave you some great memories, moments, and probably a few pretty good blocks so that you didn't get kind of blindsided? Oh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, as soon as we found out like who all was on the team, we had a group chat. We made a group chat on Snapchat, and we've been keeping that active. We'll probably keep it going for as long as we're still playing ball. Just uh, you know, be be friends and know what's going on with each other. But uh, those are definitely my brothers for uh for a, for a long time. Like we made some bonds. We, we uh had a, had a lot of fun together, and hopefully we keep that going. No doubt, man. This is something that I kept telling you guys, man. This is something you guys will be talking about uh, maybe 20 years down the road. You'll run into each other somewhere, and you'll talk about that one year, that weird year, that epic year of of the coronavirus, but you guys still played a game that nobody said it was going to be played. And yet here you guys, not only you're playing it, you won it, you made a lot of memories, you met a lot of new friends. Who were some of the other guys that you got a chance to hang out with uh, some other, you know, young men that you ended up walking out of here with a t- pretty good friendship with? 
Oh, um, me and JJ, we've been cool since the summer. I came down to Murder Beach. We got a little workout in, so me and him been chopping it up. And then, uh, of course, I met Sully. You, I mean, everybody knows. Everybody can meet Sully. That's probably one of the best yeah. pictures I've ever met because that, that guy's a character. But um, also, Solomon Butler, Hayden, all, just basically all them boys. Yeah, the one thing I will say about you guys, it was a definitely a business trip, as you heard Coach Ford there talking about the win and uh, how you guys handled yourself. And first of all, I'm going to tell each one of you guys, I greatly appreciate on behalf of Southern Sports Central, the, the high school blitz, Miss V, Coach B, of course, uh, Ken Brown, and, and everybody involved here. We appreciate that you guys were, were extremely, I mean, amazing on the field, but even better in hotel rooms, man. I mean, the, 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 the view and the conversation – that the hotel staff gave us after you guys left were just uh, – the review was amazing, man. And that, to me, is, is so much bigger than the game, right? I mean, because it shows the quality of who we are off the field that carried with, I think, us on the field. Now, with that being said, what was one of your highlight moments minus winning the game and winning the belt? What was another highlight moment that you took away with you from uh, this weekend? Uh, all right. Well, Coach still on here listening, but we might get in, little, we might get in trouble about this. But it was me and Sully. It was – Two o'clock in the morning, and he was talking crap about uh, how he was going to go a bit faster than me. So we're up there, and then he's like, "I'm trying to leave it alone. It's two o'clock in the morning. It's two. We're not trying to argue or everything." But uh, we end up getting up and racing down the hallway at four o'clock, at two o'clock in the morning. And uh, I'm a, I'll go ahead and tell him before he tells you. He got me by a step, but I he cheated. He got me by a step, but that was definitely probably the, my best memory for the whole weekend. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with football. There was not a football within, uh, uh, I would imagine, an arm reach for you guys. And, and to be honest yeah. with you, man, it was such a it was such not a big deal that the hotel staff that watches cameras all night long never said anything about it because they figured, you know what, boys will be boys whether we're, we're 17 or 70, man. We're going to do things. And, uh, man, that's awesome, man. I, I'm glad you got a chance to share that with us. And, I, and Coach, by the way, is listening here with us now. But, uh, you know, that being said, we look now at the future for you. Graduation coming up here shortly. College, I know, is on the horizon. Have, have you picked a spot? Have you landed a home for this next chapter in your life? Um, no, sir, not yet. Uh, I've been trying to – I've been getting interest from uh, Western Carolina. Uh, trying to go there and play with a Solomon. That's a good spot, man. You already know a receiver if that it becomes your home, man. I'll continue to pray for you guys when it comes down to it, man. But I, I want to say this, man. It was an honor to finally get a chance to watch you play. I thought we were going to watch you and, and your crew do your thing against Oceanside, and, and, and God had other plans. He said, hold on, we'll let you see him in a few weeks. Of course, I got a chance to see you this weekend. And after so many times of Eugene and and all of us having, you know, you guys on the show, it was nice to finally get a chance to meet you one-on-one. And I just appreciate you representing the lower state, the East, and uh, the entire Epic 84 and style, man. And I just know God's got so many great plans for you, not even on the football field. It's all going to come to you off the field as well, buddy. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm going to put you on hold. That way you can listen into Uncle Willie, your running back here, as he uh, also has a little bit of bling with him as well, buddy. But thank you again. God bless you. Happy New Year. And uh, you and I will catch up here shortly. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. There you go. The quarterback from the east side. That's Jafar Pearson. He was the quarterback of the day. He got some hardware. And guess who else got some hardware? Uncle Willie. 
comes rolling in. Eugene, Uncle Willie came rolling in the lobby. I said, man, whose dad is this? It wasn't nobody's daddy. This thing, <laughs> this thing was the right. man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Hey, Willie, Will, Will tell Mr. Richie, Bird. tell Richie, you know what? It don't matter what you look like. You know what you're toting right now, bud? He's toting an offer. So Brian Turk's limestone. My man just got it today. Congratulations, brother. Uh, you, Thank dude, you. It, it, it made me so happy to see that come across Twitter. I, I seriously stopped what I was doing, and I was like, my man, dreams come true. I know you saw that, that message. I am so proud of you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, I got to tell you, first of all, you know, Uncle Willie, and I'm not calling you Willis. I'm sorry. It's just it ain't happening. Not on this show. Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, my fact, I'm going to do one better. Coach Ford, I know you're still hanging out. Coach Ford, you with us? He is now. Hey, Coach, Coach Ford, you with us? All right, he may not. He may be. See if you can get him in here because I want him to talk to Uncle Willie here. Of course, Willis Lane, the running back of Camden, he was the running back, y'all, of the East. And he got himself a little bit of hardware, got him an offer. to, And uh, God is good and all the time, uh, Willis, man. First of all, it was an honor to, to hang out with you all weekend long, man. You and I uh, got a chance to chalk it up in the hotel lobby. We did some uh, media together uh, throughout the weekend. We got a chance to hang out on the uh, on the practice field. And then I got a chance to cover you doing some play-by-play on uh, Saturday, man. What a great – I mean, what a great job you were from the time you got there to the time you left and went back to Camden, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And it's a dream come true, you know. So, so what was it like? You just heard your quarterback, Jafar Pearson, there, who also has some hardware uh, with you. But, I mean, you know, for you to have a chance to play with him, and, and, and I got to give a lot of love to another man that, that was beside you throughout the year, and you got a chance to, to let him hang out beside you one more time. And Leroy Bracey, this kid, man, you guys are – I don't know who's thundering, who's lightning, man, but I got to be honest with you, it, it's definitely – got some impact in the backfield is, uh, you know, the East got a chance to know what it was like to be at Camden this year. Yes, sir. Well, um, I just want to tell you, you know, I'm Thunder and he liked it, you know. And, um, yeah, so um, Leroy, you know, that's my – basically my friend. Like, he, he my cousin, you want to be honest. Like, that's my cousin. And, you know, me and him, we, we talked about this when he was coming back, you know, that we was going to get on this on this journey together. And uh, we was going to make it the best ride that we ever had, you know, playing football. And, you know, we did that. And I enjoy every, you know, every bit of, you know, playing football with him with him and Jafar. It's been an honor. Now, you got one more chance to do it this weekend. Uh, and you heard your quarterback there talk about it. You know, uh, what was it, what was it like when you guys saw not one, not two, but three of you guys that, that all, by the way, run the backfield over there at Camden. You guys were bringing that, that Camden touch of mind here to um, – you know, uh, to to this bowl game. Well, what was it like to you when you saw that that you had two of your teammates finish the senior year to get one more win under your belts and not finish the way that you may have done that had you guys not played in this game? Um, it was amazing. You know, you know, seeing them two, you know, score, including myself. You know, only thing we was talking about um we got there was you know represent you know where we come from. You feel me? Um, for the eight hundred three, you know. Because, you know, Camden ain't really, like, a place that people look at. So, you know, we had to come out there and, you know, just push each other hard out there in practice. 
and tell each other that um we can go out there, you know, we're just gonna work, you know. Regardless of anything or whatever the score say, we still just gonna put in that work regardless. Now, of course, uh, Uncle Willie here with us. Willis Lay, the running back, y'all, of the East. Uh, Coach Ford, you back in here with us, buddy? Yeah, oh, man, come on, Coach. <laughs> oh, he's somewhere. He's hanging out. So somehow, Eugene, I'm going to send him back to the green room. He's he's listening. I know he's kind of moving around. He's got a lot of things hanging out as well as school's kind of started <laughs> back and we're doing some things, Willie. But uh, let, let's look a little bit here at, at some of the other memories. Now, before we got to the football field on Saturday and, and things kind of went the way they went, you know, what when you got out and, and you walked into that lobby, of course, Miss B, you checked your temperature, you passed that, they made sure that you were you were healthy to come in, and you did that. After that, man, uh, what was your best moment before you got to that football field and right after you went into that lobby on Thursday night? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first got there, um, you know, I didn't know anybody, you know, and then – Plus, I already was in, like, kind of in a bad mood. So, you know, I was, you know, really not talking to nobody. You know, I was just doing my doing me and just, you know, focusing on myself at the time. But then, you know, I had to, you know, talk to myself, you know, and just tell myself, you know, you got to stay positive, you know, if it's good or bad. So I just went out there, you know, had a positive attitude and, you know, starting to get to know people, you know. And as I got to know them, you know, they had, like, them boys is like my brothers, you know. Even though that's why I only met them for three days, and um, they all like my brothers, and um, I wouldn't trade none off for the world, and um, I'm gonna miss and enjoy playing every last bit of playing football with them because it's, it's been an honor playing with each and every last one of those people. Now you guys did a good thing. I tell you what, the juniors not so much. Not that they they they. I'm sure some kids brought some things, but you guys, man, I know we fed you well from Thursday to Saturday. But y'all brought some snacks, man. I mean, y'all were y'all were locked and loaded. I think the snack bag was as big as your 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 overnight bag, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got a I had a pretty good bit of stuff in there. I ain't like <laughs> stuff I ain't even needed. I went out there, I was like, dang, I ain't even need all this stuff. I don't know why I packed all this. <laughs> There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse, Uncle Willie, than being hungry at three o'clock and you got nothing to eat because I'm not getting up going down. To the lobby. I'm not going to a snack machine. I'm just going to suffer until that morning. Of course, the, the morning breakfast was a little different because of COVID. We had to keep you guys separately, you know, distance, which I know you guys had to appreciate the lunch on Friday more than you would have had you had gotten a big breakfast. You kind of knew, hey, man, that, that hot dog hamburger combination with some chips kind of hit the spot with some Gatorade and water, huh? Yes, sir. It was. It was good. So, you knew, you knew what you had, man. I watched you honestly, man. I mean, you know, I, I just, I'm trying to think of a guy who, who comes to mind and, and he ran the ball for the Detroit Lions. When I see you <laughs> run, you run a little bit like him. Was it you and I having this conversation, a guy that you'd like to say you run a little bit like that guy? Yes, sir. Barry Sanders. Barry said you run a lot like Barry Sanders. I don't know, Eugene, <laughs> if you kind of, picked on that on some of the highlights you saw. But I tell you what, I saw them firsthand on Saturday. And this cat, I mean, it was like uh, it was like catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, Coach Ford, have you have you been able to pick us up? Can you hear us now, Coach? For some reason, we're not able to connect with him. So we're just going to move on and, and just let Coach Ford listen to us from wherever he's sitting there over at Woodland. But, man, watching you run the ball, watching you do the things you did, man, it was uh, it, it was honestly impressive. It, it really was, man. Watching the way that you kind of followed 
you know, by, you, you followed every block all the way to the final point to where, um, you know, you, you basically would, would, would fear off at the very last minute. But it was one of those big drives, man, that you drug this thing all the way down and scored, man. Tell us about that big drive, that big run that you had there where you got into the end zone. Um, first, um, I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't even expect, you know, me to do all that, you know, first because of my injury, because of my knee, you know, I didn't, the doctor told me, you know, I, I ain't supposed to be, you know, really playing, you know, so kind of, you know, been kind of hard headed, you know, and just went out there and say, you know, just forget it. You know, I'm just gonna go out there and shine. You feel me? And, um, yeah, the play, like the O-line, I talked to all of them and I was just telling them like, like, y'all my offensive line now, so, you know, just block for me and I got y'all. I'm going to score for y'all. And then they all, like, say less. And so that's what we were just doing. We just having fun. Like, I kept telling them, trying to pump them up, like, just have fun out there. Just have fun. And then um, the plays, like, we, we was doing, like, they were some awesome plays. Like, I couldn't ask for a better offensive coordinator out there than the coach out there who was giving us in plays because that was some, some heck, of, heck, heck of a good plays out there that he was giving us. And um, I don't I don't see how I was um breaking all them tackles and you know driving down the field like that, but you know I just got to give it a God because you know he's he the one who gave me the strength and the ability to play each each and every day. So, yeah. Willis Lane, Uncle Willie, is uh, that's his name coming out of this weekend. We all uh, is that something new, man? Where, where did it come from? You know I don't remember ever Coach hearing Reed. that all season long. Coach Reed, all them they over there. All- Cause like we was um, doing kickoff, we was doing kickoff, and um they kept calling, they kept saying Willie, and I'm looking like who is that? Like everybody saying who is Willie? Like everybody just turn around looking at each other. I'm like I don't know, and they kept saying Willie, Willie Lane. I'm saying Willie Lane, that's not my name. So they said Willie Lane, come on. So I go over there, I start running, and coach was like, Oh yeah, your I got a new name for you. Your name Uncle Willie. I was like, Oh man, and then everybody just started saying. <laughs> Man, I love it. And it's stuck, man, and it's stuck in style, man. And, of course, you come back in here, and now you, you uh, joined us. Uh, I think you were with us last week, right? You were with us last week when we, we kind of previewed yes, the East, and uh, you had no offers. You had nothing going for you as far as uh, talking about an offer opportunity. You had a lot of things, a lot of conversations, but nothing yet in, in a conversation of, well, I've got this offer. Now you play in this game. You grind it out. You find it out, and here you are now with us on a victory night as we feature your eastern side of things, the lower state of South Carolina winning this one here in style, of course, a 38-21. Was there any doubt, man, that you that you guys were, were going to be okay after the turnover there going into the first early part of the first quarter and then you guys had 21 unanswered points? Um, No. Um, What we did, the old team, we just stayed positive, you know. We just came out there and told each other, like, this is what we came to do, you know. We came out here, we came to ground. We didn't ask for anything easy. We don't want anything given to us. We need to earn it. So that's all we try to do is try to earn everything that we work for. You feel me? So um, that's what we were doing. We were just trying to have fun, just be positive, you know. We didn't care what the score says because all we said, the score was 0-0 zero, zero every quarter. That is very, very true, of course. Uh, wrapping it up here with the big man himself as he did some things. Willis Lane from Camden, number four. Actually, that's where you messed us up, man, because I got to be honest. What happened <laughs> in the numbers thing, man? Because I'm sitting here going, Willis Lane, number four. And then I looked, and then, of course, Mr. Bracey came up, which is Leroy Bracey's father, said, no, 
That's Leroy. He's number four. Willis is number 22. What happened there? I don't know, because, like, Willis going out there, and me and Leroy, and um, they, call his, they call his name, you know, his number, and then they call my name. He looked at me, I looked at him. I said, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, stop that right now. No, no. <laughs> uh-uh, I'm Willis, man. 22, he's four. Like, the whole time. It, it's just funny, though. <laughs> Yeah, because at our charts, we had what we, you know, of course, we had what we had there. Things happen. It is what it is, of course. I do believe, oh, yeah. I wanted to catch you real quick before we send you off, but we now have your head football coach. I wanted, uh, you know, Coach Ford to mention something because you just got your offer today, and he had a chance to coach you this weekend. Coach Ford, we got you live with us? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right, good, Coach. I'm going to let you in the course uh, – Uncle Willie, have a quick conversation because I know you wanted to give him a shout-out about his offer that he got today, Coach. Go ahead and take it away for a few. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Willis, I'm definitely proud of you, son. Hey, I commend you on your effort. Hey, you were a model citizen every day this week. Hey, even though you look old enough to be my younger brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, everything, everything went well. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy for the limestone offer, and, and I hopefully – as good of a player as you are, there'll be many, many more coming in real soon. So you'll have a lot of options, you know, and I'll tell you a funny story. It was really funny when you won the the award for the best running back at the senior bowl, one of the kids from the West said, Hey, I think y'all need to check uncle Willie's birth certificate. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was, I thought that was the funniest thing the whole time at the whole game. But, sir, I'm proud of you. Hey, you know what we talked about all week, about this thing being a brotherhood, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever you need, anything I can help you with, like I told you Saturday, hey, I'm here for you, guy. Hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, Limestone is just just the beginning. You have many, many more, I promise you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for everything. Oh, there's no problem. No, thank you. Thank you for accepting the invite, and thank you for being a part of this thing. Yes, sir. Anytime. All right, Willie, man. Uh, final things before we send you out of here. And uh, we, again, we'll, we'll, we'll put the coach back on hold. We'll put him back in the green room until we bring Sully out. And I'm definitely letting him talk to Sully. That's a that's a given, man. You actually can hang out uh, at the top of the hour for Sully to come in as well, man. I just, you know, it, it, it was something like this being mentioned, man. It, it, it hit us all so hard on, on Sunday. When I woke up, I was exhausted, by the way. Uh, just to, oh, yeah. again, I didn't play any downs, but I felt like I did. When you get to be 42, 43 years old, man, it, it's a little different ball game. But you know, for us, man, you know, the work that that was put into making sure that you young men were were taken care of, not only on the field but off the field, making sure that you guys didn't have a need or want for nothing. And your coaches, I got to be honest with you, between the two coaches and these two teams, they stood on all of us on uh, at the Southern Sports Central and the South Carolina High School Blitz team, making sure you young guys had whatever you needed uh, when it all came down to it, man. So I'm extremely proud of you, man. I can't tell you enough how, how I know where, you, where you've come from. I'm only in the middle of seeing where you're going, and you're not even where God's going to have you land here at this final chapter or this next chapter coming up here uh, in just a few months, man. So keep grinding in that classroom. Keep doing that thing in the weight room and uh, anything, anything we can do for you here at Southern Sports Central or the uh, high school blitz, you know, the doors open, the lines are open and uh, don't hesitate to reach out, big man. Appreciate your memories, your moments and uh, the, the opportunity to grow a friendship here the last couple of days, buddy. Yes, sir. Anytime. 
All right, buddy. God bless you. Happy New Year. Congratulations. You and I will touch uh, base here real soon, buddy. Thanks again. Yes, sir. All right, guys. There you go. Of course, uh, Uncle Willie heading to the green room there. He'll listen to uh, Sully here at the top of the hour. Eugene, I'm going to bring you back in here. we got about three or four minutes here to kind of get through so we get to the top of the hour. Sully will join us at, uh, at uh, again about 8 o'clock. He is the, uh, the, the kicking uh, guru. He's uh, the guy that took home the hardware. Uh, he took home the hardware of uh, special teams on Saturday after draining a 43-yard kick. I mean, it was in style. But this kid is super-duper funny. And evidently, he's super-duper fast because he beat Jafari Pearson. Even though, Coach, I don't know, did you uh, – I'm going to bring Coach back in here because I'm going to keep bringing you in and out as long as you don't mind, Coach. But did you hear the story there between uh, your quarterback and your special teams having a race about 3 o'clock uh, the other day? In the morning, by the way. Yeah, I, w- yeah, I wish I could have called him. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to catch him or you wanted to, like, literally try to run with him and catch him? Because I, I, I think you oh, still no. got some time in you, Coach. Yeah, I wanted to catch him in the act of actually running. My days are running 40-yard <laughs> dashes and sprints. <laughs> I think they're on. Let me ask you this, Coach, because we got some time here before the top of the hour, and that's when Sully would join us from Myrtle Beach. But, you know, we did get a chance to talk about your staff. I mean, holy moly, that's the first time I had a chance to really, you know, peel uh, the onions between your offense and your defensive coaches. Of course, uh, I know Coach Steele very well because I hang out with them throughout the season, but I got a chance to hang out with all the other staff that you had picked up. I mean, so many head coaches, like the young man from Battery Creek that played at Clemson, grew up in Sherrall, to um, the gentleman down there in North Augusta, who I think is just a well of knowledge, to, Coach Hatchett, uh, of course, the Crosby, right? Yeah, and then you had Coach, both Crosby's, of course, uh, the brothers, if I'm not mistaken, um, of, of a yeah. ton of knowledge there, but but break down your coaches for us for a few minutes because uh, you know while we won the game with the young men, you keep hearing these kids talk about the game plan and the discipline that you guys demanded from the time they got on the hotel property. Oh yeah, I mean, well, when I knew I was had the honor of coaching this game, I knew I had to get some coaches that could coach, that could teach. I mean, that would bring energy, that would be intense, and I'll start with those Crosby guys. I mean, I grew up with them. And I know the area we come from. I mean, you got to be hardworking. You got to be intense. I mean, you're raised the right way. But when I had really, really great teams and they had really great teams, they were tough to beat. And they were always tough on defense. So I knew that picking up those two guys, the coach, the defensive line, and the linebackers, I knew that was a steal. And when I asked them, it, it wasn't any hesitation. They jumped right in and they were like, yeah, sure, this is what we want to be a part of this. And, um, you know, they bought the energy every day. You ask any of those kids that played D-line or any of those kids that played linebacker, those Crosby and Coach Hatchett, those defensive guys, they bought the thunder every day. They were demanding of the kids. I mean, we really wanted to shut the we really wanted to shut the West team out. But, you know, things didn't happen like that. But, you know, when things got out of hand, the defense buckled in and we settled down and we just stopped and we just had a bad quarter. But those defensive guys, I mean, they were amazing. They were amazing. They're like I said, they're high energy, high intense guys, and they really care about kids. They really do. And then offensively, you know, those guys had a different mindset. Now, Coach Steele at Fort Dorchester, he did an offensive line, and he really got after those offensive linemen, and he was demanding of them, and they did a really good job. But you know, quarterback coaches are smooth guys. Coach Willis out of Berkeley, he's kind of laid back, quiet. He's a quiet teacher, but he did a really good job with all three of those quarterbacks. 
because all three of them played well. Um, our receivers did well. Not only did they do well catching the ball, but they did well blocking on the big runs that Jafari and uh, Bracy that they broke. I mean, and Uncle Willie. I mean, they couldn't have did that without the receivers blocking. And, I mean, not only did Coach Ash emphasize catching the ball, but he also emphasized blocking and, and pulling your weight for the team. And, uh, you know, my offense coordinator called the play, so I got to give him a shout-out because, you know, I knew what he was built to do because he's been doing it at Woodland for two years. So I knew having him to come in and run the show offensively, I knew it was just going to be it was just gonna be like shooting fish in a barrel. I knew he was going to do a good job. I knew we'd score points. We've been scoring points within the last two years he's been there. And uh, I just – I couldn't have picked a better staff. And then all of these guys have been around football. They've been around good quality football. They've been in winning programs. They know what good football looks like. They know what good players look like. They know what it takes for players to be really good. And, uh, I mean, it just <laughs> – I'm telling you, I think I had the, the easiest job of the whole weekend. I really do. It's almost like Dabo Sweeney, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger fan, you got to respect coaches where they coach at. Dabo Sweeney puts a great group of coaches. Now, I know it didn't go the way he wanted to on Friday, but that's one out of how many that he, that he's, that he hadn't won. You know I mean? You think about it that way, but it's because of the staff around him that makes him as good as he is. And, and that's actually what you saw on Friday night. Not having that young man, of course, uh, that, that coaches the offense, from James Island, Coach Elliott was a big factor probably of why they struggled the way they did on Friday night. And it's because not just him, it's his assistants that help him be great. It, it makes a difference. When you're used to having staff together and then when a guy's missing, especially a, a coordinator, I mean, it, it really throws the rhythm of the whole offense off. It really does. And, I mean, you know, you got your quarterback coach that can call plays. I mean, anybody can call plays. But the coordinator and the quarterback in that offense, I mean, they've got to have a bond and a vibe. And it just it's like having a family member missing. You know, it's like having your mama missing at Thanksgiving. You know, when you're there, things are just not the same. Yeah, everybody's going to eat and, and the family's going to be there, but it's, it's different when mama and daddy's not there. And that's kind of the impact that Coach Elliott had on Clemson. I mean, he's like a common presence for Trevor Lawrence and those offensive guys. And then, I mean, not only that, but, I mean, he's just a great football mind because I think he's turned down a lot of Power 5 jobs. and It won't be long eventually before he's going to be running his own program. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Coach, uh, let's take a quick break. we got to go to Sully right out of this. It is Southern Sports Central. It is a championship edition here between the, the boys in the lower state of South Carolina who, of course, won the big senior bowl, the only bowl game that took place this past weekend on Saturday. Woodland High School took us in for the whole weekend, and we, uh, well, we colored the town epically 84, if you will, from the South Carolina High School Blitz and Southern Sports Central. We got more. Don't go anywhere. Top of hour number three, we're going to special teams, and that, of course, is with uh, the big man himself all the way from Myrtle Beach, Sully Harden. Joins us right out of this. Guys, don't go anywhere.
Welcome back, everybody. It is hour three of Southern Sports Center. I'm Richie Elvin, alongside Eugene Benton. We've got on hold with us the head coach of the Eastern squad of the South Carolina High School Blitz Southern Sports Central Epic 84 Palmetto Bowl course uh, was held this past weekend. And all I can see is this man after draining 43 yards down the field in the rain against the wind. Let me build it up for him real, real quick. Sully Arden comes out with 2001 and a robe and a belt to go with it. What's going on, Sully? How's life up on the Grand Strand tonight, buddy? Hey, can you hear me? No, you're good and clear, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Grand Strand's great, but actually I'm in West Virginia right now. I'm at uh, Snowshoe Mountain. I'm up here skiing for the weekend with the family. But, yeah, normally Grand Strand's pretty quiet. So, so most people win the Super Bowl. Where do they go? They go to Disney World. You win the, the, the Senior Bowl, and, and we should have done a commercial with you. Where are you going? You just won the Senior Bowl. You won a belt. Where are you yeah. going? You should have said you're going to go skiing. I, I should have said I'm getting in the car eight hours and going skiing, man. <laughs> well, you did get a chance to be a quarterback. We're going to talk about that here just a little bit. I tried to get you trained up. I felt pretty good that the training I gave you on uh, Friday on the sideline what uh, was significant enough, and of course it came true. Forty-three yards was your uh, was your highlight there on uh, Saturday. That hey, it, it counted in big ways as a thirty-eight twenty-one victory for you guys out of the lower state. Of course, the east side of the life for your senior moment, man. You win your final game, and, and the same as I told the young men that have joined us and your quarterback Jafari Pearson, who I heard you beat in a race in the hallway at three o'clock in the morning. We'll talk about that too, and then Willis. Lane, of course, Uncle Willie, you know, all you guys, uh, you know, you, you had a great, you, you had a great season, might not have finished the way you wanted to, but at least this bowl game gave you a lot of memories, a lot of moments and a win to finish your career in high school, man. What did it mean to you when this game was all said and done? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just, just getting out there and getting to play with the guys is honestly what I was looking most forward to, but it means a lot to get to be coached under such great people just like I heard you talking about our head coach before like he's turned down some positions obviously and a few of the guys have but it's it's just great now when you kind of put everything in perspective we'll talk about the game here here in just a little bit is Sully by the way coming to us live from Snowshoe Mountain West Virginia by God West Virginia up there uh snow skiing here on a uh, on a beautiful night here uh up in West Virginia but what else did you enjoy the most, man? What was one of your uh, moments that when you think back about this, and you could talk about the race, but you got to give me one more because that was Jafar's moment, but, um, and you did win. I got that as well, but I heard you cheated. Um, get into the weekend, man. What did you enjoy the most before you even got to the football? A lot of just hanging out with the guys, like getting to meet a lot of new people, just like you said, like just like you talked about the race, like uh, – Jafari was talking a lot of smack in the hotel room, so I had to lay it down for him. Let him know, like, it's not how it's going to work. That's so funny. <laughs> so, so let's go back to this race, man. I mean, he said you cheated, man. I mean, define, define what – are you like Rudy? Were you off sides? I mean, you know, what, 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 what kind of threw that out there for Jafari to, to not give you the complete so, credit at the end of it? He, he told us all he ran like a 4 or 5 in the 40. And then I was like, I promise you don't. And he was like, no, I'm joking. I run a 4-7. And I was like, no, I run a 4-7. And everyone was like, y'all got to get out in the hallway. So Jafari starts taking every piece of clothing he has off. 
you though man i mean to me and i watched you come on to the property on thursday at the hotel and then i watched just you throughout practice on friday you and i again throwing some ball on the sideline that was a lot of fun i appreciate that man again being a kid that grew up in myrtle beach born and raised up on the grand strand you know uh, it's just something about you know us guys up there on that grand strand of of life when it comes down to it even though i went to soccer and you went to that other school i don't hold it against you that being said when you look back at a lot of this stuff, man, you, you go back to some memories. Besides a guy like uh, Jafar Pearson, who who I know you, you you made an instant bond, and you already knew, of course, your your, your players over there with Myrtle Beach, of course, Trey, and, uh, well, J.J., who else did you meet there that you went back thinking, you know what, man, I, I'm really glad that, that I made this trip because, you know what, I, I made a lot of, of, of brotherlyhood bonds with a lot of different guys that I never knew prior to getting here. Yeah, uh, actually, on the way, Sully, you know Sully, Solomon Butler? Yep. We actually, uh, hey, we, he texted JJ, and he was like, hey, y'all want to pick me up? And we're actually, it was actually on the same road. You just take a left really quick. So we went inside there, said hello to his mom. He's a, he's a great kid, and he kind of stole my name, so that kind of helped us connect pretty quickly. But <laughs> he's one of them. And then uh, Hayden as well, Hayden Vasquez. He was another great kid that we were hanging out with all week. Like, uh, I brought my car up there, and every time we went to eat, it was me, JJ, Hayden, and Sully and Jafari. It was always, like, us five packed in my little car together. So, there's just some guys that, like, definitely I feel like I made a good connection with over this little little trip. Now, of course, uh, you've got some opportunities. I know uh, school-wise, man, let's talk about that real quick before we get to the game here and just a little bit about the win. But uh, school-wise, uh, Sully, what are you looking at, man? I know you and I talked about the, the opportunity maybe for you to walk on over at North Carolina, but you've got some other pretty concrete opportunities as well, man. What, what are you kind of thinking, uh, or is that what the ski trip's all about, is kind of narrowing it down and, and maybe doing something special when you get back? Yeah, so – once I get back on the 9th, I have a visit to North Greenville University. And then the weekend after that, I actually have on the limestone. So I have things coming up. But right now, I'm just trying to keep all my options as wide as open as I can and really just see what the best fit for me will be at the end of the day, where I'm going to have the most playing time, where I'm going to be able to go get a degree and get out, and where I'm going to be able to contribute to now, you talk about degree, let's do education, man. We, we know that athletics has got an expiration date. The degree, the, the degree that you're going to get will not have that now until you retire at least. But what degree are you looking to get into? Uh, right now I'm looking for nursing and or finance. Nice. My family you know, is definitely going to take care of you. a pretty high nurse, and I'm going to hopefully either be a nurse anesthetist or something in the financial area of school. Either one, I think you'll do amazing at, man. Give me some uh, – what's the one thing you're going to miss about the beach, man? Again, and I'm not talking about living in Myrtle Beach because I could, you know, you and I can compare notes forever, even though it looks a lot different than it did in my days up there. But uh, when it comes down to the high school and, and of course, all the coaches that you've uh, you've come across, uh, the, you know, the Luke Doty's who now is in Columbia, 
I mean, uh, just just everybody that's come across your path, man. What what are some of the things that, that you'll yeah, remember honestly, when you think about your time? I'd I'd have to say what I miss the most would definitely be the family and friends that I've made while I've been here. Of course, I've only been here for 18 years, and there's a lot of people older than me and a lot smarter than me. But I feel like for the few years that I've been in high school before. I've definitely made a lot of close people that I'm absolutely going to look forward to coming back and seeing. And same thing with like uh, just neighborhood friends, you know, everyone's made an impact on my life and helped me in some way or shape or form. So I'm just really thankful and excited to go somewhere and come back and tell them about it one day. That's going to be an amazing man. And I'm glad I got a chance to see you compete one more time. Cause I made that road trip up to North Myrtle beach a couple of weeks back, about a month ago or so. And uh, you and I, of course, uh, had a conversation before and after the game. But to have this conversation is a little bit easier and a lot more fun to talk about as you, you know, you got a chance to ball out, man. Uh, tell me about this kick, man. Drained it. I mean, it was good for a lot more than what it went through, man. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the rain had definitely picked up. The wind was there. But do what you do, man. Another day in the office, huh? Yeah, honestly, I treat whether it's an extra point or just like that was like a 43-yard ball. I got to hit every single ball like it's the same. You know what I'm saying? It can't it can't be any different. You know what I'm saying? But I actually sent that kick to my coach, and I told him, I was like, yeah, uh, it went in. I was really happy, but, like, it didn't have very good height to it. And he was like, honestly, I was going to compliment the height. So he, he was really pleased with it. But, like, I know I can do better. But at the same time, it went in. Everyone's happy with it. But there's always going to be that next kick for me. What makes you guys so special, man? I know we talk about special teams, but I got to be honest with you, man. Your character on the sideline, I mean, you it didn't matter whether we were in the hotel lobby, we were over there at media day, we were on the football field at practice or games, man. It's just everybody just watches you. I remember Otis Mack Jr. as a linebacker from Ford. He just looked at me, looked at you, and he said, that might be one of the funniest dudes I've ever met, man. And, and again, you hear that all the time. I know you do because everybody who I yeah. mention you to, be it going when I go back home to Myrtle Beach up in Surfside, they all know that personality that you bring with you every time you get on and off the field. Yeah, honestly, right when I left, I gave my mom and dad a hug, and they told me, make sure whatever you do, you always keep a smile on your face and have fun and share love with everyone you meet. And that's kind of how I approach life, honestly, because there's a bunch of different kids in there. Everyone's different, but you just put a smile on your face and, really make it fun and everyone has a good time and enjoys it so that's kind of how I come into everything whether it's school a bowl game or another football practice you just got to come in there with a smile on your face and ready to get business done hey man this is uh coach Eugene tuning in I'm sorry I didn't get to uh didn't get to see you there uh, I've been looking forward to it. it's actually you know probably one of the most disappointing things I, I had in not being able to be there was I was looking forward to uh, catching up and chopping it up with you on the sideline. Um, you know, I, and I saw the kick, too, and I thought, you know, first thing I thought was you had hell of a good rotation on the ball. Uh, it was nice yeah. and tight. It was a good strike, man. You hit it at least close to the third lace. I know you didn't get it up, but, you know, if you look at it yeah. while it was a turf field, it is raining. It is cold. You know, the the turf contracts, so it's going to sink a little bit. You're kicking off the turf. Um so I thought actually I, I thought it was a pretty good ball, man. If you get enough height and it doesn't get blocked, you know you got that 31% launch angle. And you know you're a guy like me. Um, I'm good friends with Dan Orner. I know you've worked with Dan mm-hmm. a good bit, and uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you sent him the kick, but um, 
you know, I definitely would if I was you because, as you know, he's definitely a guy that can help out. But, um, you know, when you're going into the off season, um, you know, are, are you uh, obviously with the game, you weren't at the Cole showcase. I, I don't believe, you know, you've done a, a whole lot of with Coles lately. Uh, are you going to be working with any of the other train, you know, the other groups like the Sailors or the Corn Blues or anything like that as you kind of wind down and try to, you know, find a home for the next four years? Yeah, I mean, that's always an option right now. Like, coming into the week, I actually talked to Chris himself just about the camp and kind of how it works because me, like, I've I've always went to camps for schools and made connections that way and always worked with Dan, and he's always helped me out with recruiting. But I guess now is the time where those camps are over. So now I'm going to have to put my big boy pants on and start having to reach out to people like Chris and Coles and all that. So yeah. really open up I know, opportunities. Um, you know, Chris has the big one in Vegas at the end of the month. We're not going to be yeah. able to make that one. We're going to look at the one in May, uh, which will probably be a little later for you, you know, because I'm sure you probably kind of want to get get a home and, and figure out where you're going the next few years. But, um, you know, definitely I would say uh, the biggest thing is check rosters, man, and uh, find email addresses, Twitter addresses, and keep putting it out there because, uh, you know, the next week or so will be real big, especially for kickers. Um, with who's coming back and who's not uh, and things like that because I, all I've done for the past two days is go through uh, the scholarship rosters, you know, not just, you know, look at the roster online and you'll see that they have, you know, eight kickers listed, but only one or two might be on scholarship. But there's a guy that's a junior and still preferred walk-on. Uh, that should give you hope that there might be a, a spot for a guy like you that's, you know, performed at a high level, uh, you know, when it counts. So if I were you, like I said, I, w- I would check out schools, definitely look at the rosters. But and all in all, like I told you, man, Coach Turk is a great dude. Uh, I've known him for many years back when he was on staff with Coach Spurrier. Um, you know, yes, so that's a pretty good shot. North Greenville, actually. North Greenville actually signed uh, my best friend in high school who used to own every single kicking record in the state of South Carolina. He still does for the most uh, field goals in the season and uh, one of the longest in the game. Uh, and that's Royal Cason back in 1996. So, you know, both schools, you know, you got an opportunity to play the next level. A lot of kickers put a lot of balls with the uprights and don't get that opportunity. So I just want to say personally congratulations for that. You know, and, and, again, that was a heck of a kick, you know, to put it through in those conditions on Saturday. Yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate it. But just like you said, those are definitely two great schools, but I'm going to keep all my options open and just see what the best fit for me is at the end of the day. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Here's an option I like, and I think we have Coach Ford. You still with us there, buddy? Yes, sir, I am. All right, so we, uh, so Sully, uh, the word on the street, you're out there running the hallway at 3 o'clock in the morning, buddy. Curfew's 10 o'clock. Coach, Coach they what you got to say about it? <laughs> they pulled it straight out of bed. <laughs> Coach, I'm going to let you hang out with your special teams kicker who won that belt over the weekend. Coach, go ahead and have at it. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I tell you, I think you owe me some up-downs because I think I told everybody if they wasn't doing the right thing that they were going to get a few up-downs. So you and Jafari, I think y'all may owe me a couple. So when you get a chance, I know you're out there snowing, I mean skiing, but going out there in the snow and just drop down and give me about 15 of them. And then text Jafari. And Dude, I do, do 15 the same thing. breakfast, Coach. Jafari <laughs> pulled me right off that couch, I promise you, with the only blanket I had. <laughs> I had one blanket. He ripped 
it off me and took it. He would not give it back. <laughs> this is all Jafari's fault. I don't. I don't want to say everything because I did. I did smoke him up a little bit, but uh, definitely had something to do with him. <laughs> uh, Richie, this is why I love these guys, man. That, uh, <laughs> no, I, I had to mute my mic because I'm bowling over here. It's crazy. Oh man, yeah. the character of these guys, guys like, coach. I tell you. Yeah. Guys like him, Sully, Jafari, Uncle Willie, TJ. Now you you'll never forget those guys because their personalities are so big. You know, even though Sully's a small guy, he has a really big personality, and he's got the type of personality that you will never forget. But that being said, I mean, he was a model guy. Minus the getting up at three in the morning, running the hallway trying to race a guy, but uh, he was a model guy, and I mean, he's an outstanding kicker. I mean, the kick that the kick that he made from forty three probably would have been easily from fifty. I yeah. mean, it's not even a question. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, Sully, when you when you look at this and you've got your coach here with you, man, uh, anything that you'd like to leave with him? One final thing for we we get you back to the slopes over there, and and by God, West Virginia here, uh, or any of the coaches that that you get a chance to kind of listen as we've got everybody uh, on board tonight. It's a very busy uh, light here as we're looking at all the numbers coming in here right now, and uh, I can promise you, uh, most of the West and a lot of the East, uh, a lot of the East and the West are listening here tonight, Sully. Anything you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, this is for basically everyone who helped uh, put that game together or had any part in it. I just wanted to say thank you for me, my whole team, JJ and Trey at Myrtle Beach. Just like y'all doing that gives a lot of these kids another opportunity at getting looked at, another chance to play for their high school game, and it's another way to meet people. And we're all really thankful for that and really appreciate that other opportunity that y'all gave us. We all had a great week. It was great seeing all of you. And I'm just super thankful that y'all gave us that opportunity. Brother, guys like you and the rest of you, 83, amazing class of 2021, man. First of all, I'll talk to you before then and there, but I'm going to go and say congratulations on this graduation coming up here in a few months. Uh, man, safe travels back home from West Virginia. And, uh, man, it, again, it was, it was a lot better way to end the conversation this weekend than it was a few weekends ago when I got to unfortunately see you guys uh, see the season come to an end. But thank God above that we, we got a chance to not only beat the rain and beat the weather, we beat some numbers uh, and some words that we don't use on this radio show. We don't use that dirty language with the C, but, uh, you know, we did what we did, and you guys did what you did, and we greatly appreciate all that you've given to the game of high school football. on play nice, man. Again, you can ask anybody who's ever played this game in any time in any manner. This is just – it's just different, man. You know, Friday Night Lights, the, the, the smell of the locker room never goes away. I told you that the other day when I was over there. It, it's something about yeah. Friday nights that's just different, Coach Ford. I'll let you kind of send him off and, um, and and kind of say something at the end here. But, man, Friday Night Lights, if I could go back to any game, it would be Friday nights, Coach. Oh, no, without a doubt. I mean, uh, it's like I've, I've been out of it, oh, my God, for – 25 years, but I still remember the very last high school game I played. I mean, I still remember the guy that was sitting next to me in my locker. I mean, those are memories you'll never forget. And I didn't get an opportunity, an opportunity to play in an all-star game. So, I mean, for these guys to have the Friday night light experience and to get the Saturday experience, you know, via an all-star game, I mean, I mean, you just you can't beat it. I mean, they got the best of both worlds. And then they went out a winner. They, they won their final high school game. Yeah, man. And Sully, 
Y'all beat the Upstate. I mean, I, I don't know what else is better, winning your final game or beating the Upstate, because uh, for those who don't live in the Palmetto State, it, it's like the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry or any other rivalry in your state. This is, you know, we love each other off the field, but it's a battle on the field, right? Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. A lot of those kids, just like I grew up hearing those names, and it was good to finally just get to play against them and uh, beat them. Well, Sully, uh, thanks again, buddy. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. I'll catch up with you off the air. But, again, man, safe travels coming home. Thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, uh, ladies no and problem, gentlemen. That, of course, is the special teams kicker. Coach, go ahead. Best wishes, Sully. Hey, keep in touch, man. I'm telling you, if there's anything I can ever do for you, or if you just want to shoot the breeze or whatever, man, don't hesitate to call me. Because remember now, we stressed all week that this thing's a brotherhood now. Yeah, no doubt as coach, uh, he uh, doing his thing up in snowshoe, man. I tell you what, these kids, man, again, living that moment, man. Don't 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 leave anything un- un- untouched, man. You go from winning, you know, a bowl game, winning your final game, to hitting the road eight hours later, and you're you're coming down a mountain at about a thousand miles an hour. Have you ever been snow skiing, coach? Have you have you tried that? <laughs> no, yet? sir. I haven't tried. <laughs> do you have it any? Yet. Do you have Do you have a I need have... and a want to do it? Uh... <laughs> Actually, I'd like to try it once. I'd like to try it once just just to see how well I could do it. But I think once would be definitely good enough for me. I mean, it's just something about going 90 miles an hour. And they say they have control. And I've watched Olympic skiers coming down the mountain. Now, I do it. I do snowboarding and skiing. I'm a more of a snowboard guy. But, man, i got to be honest with you, man. I've seen some people come down a mountain. And it was entertaining from my view. There ain't no way in the world it was entertaining from from their view, of course. Uh, now, Coach, let me ask you this. We've got about three minutes before we go to break, and then hopefully it works out that the big man, the uh, MVP of the entire thing, T.J. Uh, Sanders, joins us at 8.30 to finish it up here. But, Coach, how big was it for you to host this game uh, in your own backyard? Of course, you are the, the, the head coach of the East, but you're the head coach of, of Woodland. Of course, I want to give Coach Cyber your principal – the community of uh, Dorchester, South Carolina, St. George, Harleyville is all right there. Uh, and I want to say this and echo it many times on behalf of us here at Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz for just the hospitality all the way down to Somerville. But it started with the conversation with me and you and, and your athletic director, or the athletic director, of course, uh, Coach Cyber, and uh, your principal, who uh, I got to tell you, man, that might be the coolest cat in the building, man. That, that's a cool dude. Oh, man, well, yeah. uh, Coach Cyber. Adrian Bush, uh, definitely I'd like to thank my superintendent, uh, Dr. Kevin Williams, my principal, uh, Mr. Adrian Bush, you know, my AD, Coach Seibert. I mean, all those guys, once, you know, they kind of heard what was going on and everything, I mean, they co-signed and they jumped on in at full throttle, full tilt, and it was never any doubt about, you know, how we were going to do it or what was going to be done. And, I mean, I definitely appreciate them, appreciate you guys for, for you know, giving me the opportunity and to be able to – to coach an all-star game in itself is special. I mean, even if it was in Myrtle Beach or Greenville, it's special. But when you can coach it at your place and win it in front of your community, I mean, that's – I mean, it's big. I mean, it's bigger than anything. Yeah, I mean, it's really special. And I tell you what, it went well. I mean, extremely well between, you know, the social distancing um, uh, to, to the concession stands, to, to the uh, Dorchester County Police Force. I appreciate them being a part of that. They were there. I've recognized all four of those guys from 
again, let me let me let me let me preface this. I I recognize them from sporting events. Uh, let me make sure I put that out there. Cause, <laughs> well, if I don't, somebody will say, "Oh, really, Rich? <laughs> Do you really know who they are?" No, I, I know them from sporting <laughs> events because uh, you know that was that was actually the second time I've ever called a game because I spent you know 14 years over at Somerville and uh, Somerville and Coach Call, by the way, a good another guy that you I know have a lot of respect for. He's got a lot of respect for you, yeah. as you guys are the Low Country coaches. Uh, he spent a lot of years over at Somerville. You know, we went over to play you guys. As uh, you guys, uh, you got a big man who's getting big honors over at Virginia. How about Lavelle over there uh, doing yeah. some big things? Lavelle Davis, who uh, I'm not surprised, and I know you're not either, that he's he's just uh, getting a chance to introduce himself to the rest of the country, huh? Oh, without a doubt. I mean. Uh... I mean, from the day I met him, he was the hardest working, one of the hardest working kids on the team. I mean, he wanted to be good, and I mean, he works to be good. Yeah, and I mean, he he puts his heart and soul into everything he does. I mean, honestly, and I'll just be frank with you. I mean, he wants to be a pro, and I mean, that's how he's conducting himself, and that's how he's carrying himself, and that's how he's working academically, and that's what people are not understanding. I mean, he's he's busting his behind academically as well as athletically on the field. You know, because a lot of folks see him, you know, making plays on TV and, and you know, up for freshman All-American honors, but they don't understand that, I mean, he's working in the classroom too. I mean, his folks have done a great job, his mom, his dad, of making sure that he stays grounded as well as stay grounded academically and get his work done in the class. But, yeah, Lavelle is a – he is a special talent. He's got a lot of things that God gave him that, that, that he just enhanced by his, his, his work ethic. Now, of course, he's a freshman up at the, the University of Virginia. He's a wide receiver. He's gotten recognized as a freshman of the uh, of the week multiple times there. He's a scholar in the classroom. And i got to be honest, Coach, uh, is we're going to go to break because uh, we just brought him in. T.J. Sanders is on hold. We're going to bring him in right after this quick, short break. But you guys, uh, all of you all do such a great job with your kids up there at, at, at Woodland, not only on the field, but it is an emphasis. It is a must. It is a guarantee that they will put – more work, hard work in the classroom before they even think about a weight room or a competitive field, be it football, basketball, or any other field on that campus. Correct, Coach? Oh, oh without a doubt. I mean, we try to make a complete player because, you know, a, a, eventually athletics is going to end. It's going to end for you eventually. So right. we're trying to build a complete Woodland athlete, you know, as, academically as well as athletically. But, yes, I mean, we, we stress it because, for one, you're not going to get into school if, if you're not academically qualified. And I've just been on the – you know, I've, I've seen it so many places and at so many different schools that kids are really great players. But a lot of – sometimes one way or the other that the academic portion of it has not really been stressed. And, and I mean, you know, there's nobody to blame, you know, really point the finger at. But at the same time, it's – you're doing a disservice to a kid if you're not stressing the academic portion of it and you're getting the best out of him, out of him athletically. So you want to be able to get the best out of him both. Yep, just so I agree with chance. you. Yep, and I agree with you, Coach. Let's take a quick break, Coach. I'm going to put you back in the green room, which uh, we will take a quick break, about a minute and 35 seconds. And when we come back, it's the MVP of the show that was called the Epic 84, brought to you by Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz. It was, of course, the Palmetto Senior Bowl, the only Senior Bowl here in the great state of South Carolina. And T.J. Sanders, future Gamecock, did his thing. And I called his name all day long. Trust me, as many times as I said it, the quarterback on the other side was tired of seeing it as he was causing heck and havoc all 
day long, guys. We'll be right back with the final guest of tonight right here as we represent and bring you the winners of the Senior Bowl in the East team. Right after this is Mr. T.J. Sanders, the MVP, guys. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons, I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. everybody the final guest of the night here joining us here in mvp style coming in with the rock theme and why not because he was every bit of that big beast around the low country all weekend long from the hotel room to the lobby and he caused a lot of heartache and pain at practice and did his thing at the game and that's why tj sanders future gamecock the three-star defensive end all the way from marion south carolina joining us right now here on southern sports central uh, again, TJ, man, thanks again for coming in tonight. I, I know you've got a bright future getting ready to start very, very soon, but thanks for giving us a few more minutes of your life before you get to that next chapter, buddy. Trying to check in right now with TJ Sanders. TJ, you with us, buddy? Well, Eugene, let's go back to it, man, and we'll see if we can get him in the green room. As uh, for some reason, he might have his microphone muted. I'll let you hit him up in the in the room there and see what's going on. Uh, as um, you were trying to catch up with the man that won the MVP, by the way. And again, you know, I have a chance of, of doing this to where I call out names throughout the broadcast uh, of the play-by-play, and um, you know, when I do that, uh, of course, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't miss the opportunity. To, uh, to write down the names and how many times I'm calling these names. And, and it was nonstop. I mean, it was honestly nonstop that I would see uh, this man constantly get his name called because he constantly was just doing things. I'd see number 51 
after time after time after time being in the backfield and whether he was in on a sack or creating a little bit of disruptance in the backfield, it was it was every bit of why I knew there was a reason that uh, Shane Beamer, the new head ball coach up there in Columbia, South Carolina, was uh, going to bring him in. Eugene, have you have you able to connect with him? Yep, uh, he's on. He's on now. You, you with us, Big TJ? All right, so, so again, we're still having travels trying to get him in as he's coming live to us from Marion, South Carolina, the MVP of the Elite, excuse me, the Epic 84. Uh, TJ, you with us, buddy? Hello. Hey, but there you go. We got you, man. What's going on, big TJ? How's life in Marion, South Carolina? TJ, you with us, buddy? He might have a bad connection to his earpiece there, uh, Eugene. You might want to try to walk him through it there on the technical side. Eugene going to have to make a little extra dough here tonight as uh, we're trying to get the big man, T.J. Sanders, coming in here all the way from Marion, South Carolina. He's commit to the Gamecocks, the University of South Carolina. The great story about T.J., we'll share this with him here in a little bit when uh, we hear him here again uh, in, in just a minute. But, you know, the, the crazy story is that this man didn't play football in high school until he was a junior if I'm not mistaken. TJ, you got us now, buddy? All right, again, we're trying to catch up with TJ Sanders. Eugene, again, yep, there you go. You got us there, TJ, you're live? And, again, we'll try something new here in just a little bit, Eugene. uh, I'm going to try to reach out to him another way here to try to get him in here with us on the phone. But, that being said, the, key, the young man did an incredible job. I mean, an incredible job uh, on uh, not only on, on Saturday. It was how he prepared himself through Friday. You know, I really did. I watched him. I caught up with him. And uh, just seeing how he, he really handled himself, I thought was great. TJ, you got us there, buddy? Yes, I'm good. All right, there you go. So we're going to bring you on, on our phone here through the – through the pieces. Uh, Eugene, how's he sound? Yeah, he's good, man. I was actually just texting him. I told him, I said, when you get up to Columbia, uh, there's a big offensive lineman from Oceanside that I know he's like a kid of mine. I told TJ since he's going to be scrimmaging and practicing the other side of that uh, line of scrimmage, he's got to give uh, Big Seabuck some work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he can't hear you because I got him coming through another end here on on the phone here, but TJ, first of all, man, thank you so much for catching up with us here tonight on Southern Sports Central. It was an honor to have the opportunity to get to know you as a person off the field and then watch you become that athlete that the Gamecocks saw in you uh, with that offer and the opportunity as you're going to be heading to South Carolina here shortly, man. But, man, what was it like for you? You got to the hotel on Thursday night, man, before we talk about the MVP and the game. Let's, let's build it up to that moment, man. What, would it, what did it look like for you? As uh, you got to the uh, to the hotel on uh, Thursday night, buddy. Um, when we got when we got to the hotel Thursday, I was like, I was just excited to be there, you know, participate in this game with all these uh, other amazing players. I'm saying, I uh, stayed high school blitz all them, you know, allowed me to get an opportunity to play that game. Now, when you kind of put everything in perspective here, getting into this game and, and playing, was there anybody on these rosters? And we talked about this uh, on media night on Friday. But but what 
were there anybody there that when you got there, you were like, man, I know I want to catch up with. I know you and Jordan Richards seem to kind of build that relationship uh, over the weekend as well. It seems like the big guys kind of stuck together. Yeah, uh, me and Jordan, that's my guy, man. Hopefully, prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully, he's all right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot of guys on his roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Thunder guys, Justin, Marcus, all them boys. You know what I'm saying? I grew up with them. I ain't seen them boys in so long. It was good, you know what I'm saying? Get back in contact with them and playing this game with them. Now, of course, you got a chance to see a lot of different talent in and around. Uh, other than the guys you just mentioned, man, who anybody else kind of stuck out to you? as far as a ball or somebody that was a competitor on the Western side of things when it came down to the competition on Saturday afternoon? On the West side, uh, the quarterback, number one, the quarterback, Gaffney, I, uh, I always heard, you know, that he was an amazing quarterback. Heard good things about it. I was just like to play again. Now, of course, uh, you got that chance, man, and I got to be honest with you, he knows uh, your name and your number after uh, Saturday's uh, event, man. But before we talk – Real quick about Saturday. Friday, you guys were, were getting after it. I think Jordan Richards was a guy that a lot of you big guys were kind of trying to get after and, and, and try to get around. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury earlier, and he is doing well, by the way. I'll let him know uh, your thoughts and prayers are with him. I may even try, try to connect you with him as well. But that being said, you guys seem that that was the guy that the, the defensive line kind of went after, guy after guy after guy because of his size that he came in here. You guys wanted to go against probably, I would say, the best at least on the east before you got to the west, who gave you the biggest tussle when it came down to uh, action on practice on Saturday, on Friday? Uh, well, at practice, it was definitely Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Me and Jordan, I feel like he was the whole practice. Definitely an amazing talent. Somebody I feel like very stuck on this. No doubt about it. Here's we're live with the big man, of course, himself, the MVP of the – South Carolina High School Blitz Southern Sports Central Senior Bowl. Of course, the only senior bowl in the Palmetto State this year. Of course, we are very excited to have 84 of the epic athletes around the great state of South Carolina perform on a big stage over at Woodland High School on Saturday, 1 o'clock. So you get to the game, the bush rides, they had to be some of the epic moments. But prior to that, what was a memory, maybe at the hotel or maybe there on the way to the game or to the practice that stuck out the most to you? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a hard. I can't really just narrow it down. Just this whole this whole weekend was just amazing. You know what I'm saying? The guys, I made some new brothers this weekend. That's almost started about. These are going to be my boys for a long time. Yeah, you definitely did. Of course, uh, you ended up with the uh, the MVP, man. Uh, you went through. It seemed like every time I turned around, I was calling your name and I was calling your number after play after play after play on the defense. Only a few times, uh, you know, I, I didn't see you back there, but I could promise you the heat, the doubles, the triple uh, effect that you had opened up some other opportunity. On your side, you also had a chance to play with a young man from Sumter. And, uh, of course, he's heading to Florida uh, talk about playing with, with that big man, of course, who uh, also demands a lot of respect and Justice Booth. Yeah, me and Justice on the same D line. <laughs> a lot of people call it unfair, man. <laughs> Justice, he's amazing. He's an amazing player. And probably my last time playing with him. My first time playing together on the football field. And it was really fun. Especially well, those little bit of time we were together. 
Well, here's the cool part about it, though, is you guys will see each other once a year, uh, whether it be in Williams-Price or down in the swamp. And I think that's that's kind of a conversation that I look forward to watching TV or maybe down on the sideline when I see you two big guys, uh, you know, just bumping after a game, man. I mean, to me, it's, it, these are the moments today that, that I know that you guys will uh, look back at after some of those games coming up in the next three or four years of your career at your universities. Yeah, um, yeah, matter of fact, we just talked about this today. You know what I'm saying? And this weekend, we've been talking about how it's just crazy. We grew up together, and now we've been playing together on one of the hard, that's the, the best, the best of the best in the SEC in college football. Ain't no doubt about it. We're live right now with the best of the best of the weekend of the, of course, uh, Epic 84, the Senior Bowl, brought to you by South Carolina High School Blitz and Southern Sports Central. The MVP, T.J. Sanders, Gamecock commit, heading to the SEC. What uh, Were you surprised when they called your name? I know we kind of drug it just a little bit, but I think everybody in the stands and down the road heard your name called multiple times over the PA. We got you with us. So, Coach Ford, I want you to talk to your big man, the MVP of uh, the entire game, and your captain on the night or the day of uh, the big win as you guys took it 38-21. Coach, uh, TJ's all yours. Go ahead. Hey, well, well I, first of all, let me say hello, TJ. Hey, it's good to hear from you. You know, I'm not seeing you, but it's, it's good to be in contact with you again. Um, definitely appreciate everything you did. Um, you know, you had good spirits. You, you were coachable. You know, you were a little lazy at times, and Coach Crosby had to be on you a bunch, you know. But, <laughs> but at, at the same time, what I really appreciated about you was you stayed positive. You took coaching. Uh, you made this a positive experience, not only for yourself, but, but for your teammates also. You know, nobody had a bad thing to say about you. you, you you're good to be around. The guys kind of gravitated to you. And, um, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing and keep busting your butt and working. Yes, sir. Now, we're live right now with the coach, the winning coach of the entire weekend there of the East. That is Coach Ford, representing the lower state of South Carolina, and the MVP of the game, T.J. Sanders. He was the captain. He was the man behind all the mayhem of a beautiful, I mean, a beautiful I was performance uh, highlight reel, man. I tell you what, if you needed any highlights, you made a bunch of them on uh, Saturday there, TJ. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. Now, let me ask you this, man, and I want to kind of share this one more time because I keep telling you, man, this is something that I, I think you need to keep doing, and that is the, the theme of, of what I believe is that if you do it the right way and you do it the right way with the right energy, things happen the right way, and you see this day after day with you, man. Again, you're not playing high school football, if I'm not mistaken, until you were a junior in high school. Basically, a dream come true, a, a Disney story in the making for many of us who, who just love to see these type of things. I mean, I don't know how many kids your size I see walking in hallways 
on a regular basis than these high schools and thinking, man, has anybody said anything? One final time, and I, I, I won't do it to you again, at least not on the air, but um, maybe I don't know, Coach Ford, you might be hearing this for the first time, so that's why I want you to talk about it, and a lot of new listeners tonight can hear it, man, For don't believe who don't believe they're not big enough, fast enough, or whatever, but just to say go out and do it, you never know what happens, and that's what you did as you did on your junior year, walk out on the football field for the first time in high school football. A lot of kids don't get to say that. And then you got to play in a senior bowl during a pandemic that, quite frankly, everybody said it wasn't going to happen. And look at this. Not only did you play in it, you were the captain and you were the MVP, man. So if you never thought you couldn't, boy, you showed this year and why you shouldn't not put in the right effort, right? Yes, sir. All right. No doubt. Coach, I'll let you send them off as we always do, buddy. Go ahead, Coach. Uh, have your final words with your player. Oh man, hey, hey, like, like, like you've probably been hearing for the last two years, TJ. A, your best football is in front of you, son. It is a stay the way y'all. You know, stay humble. A, stay willing to work. A, do the little things. A, treat everybody like your best friend. 
And I'm telling you, you have a chance to play on Sunday. And, and just on a short story, I was talking with Coach Crosby, uh, the D-line Coach Crosby, and he's coached three pros from high school. I mean, uh, he coached Ricky Sapp, who ended up playing a little bit for the Texans. He coached Daquan Bowers, who ended up playing a little bit for Tampa. And he coached A.J. Cain. And he said, you have more potential than all of those guys. And and that's saying a lot. And you and you know how Coach Crosby is. You know how he treats guys. You know he doesn't not he doesn't really like to give a lot of credit early now. You know, especially the way he was on yeah. Justice all week. But that being said, son, I mean that is a that is a a mouthful coming from him, a mouthful. So you just stay doing the right thing, stay positive, hey, and just work, just work and grind, man, hey, and it'll all come to you if you do the right things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate that, Coach. And no all right, problem. buddy. Well, on behalf of all of us, to all of you, man, uh, good luck in your choice. Good luck, man. I hope you stay home. I'll be honest with you, man. You know, it, it definitely would make my Saturdays a lot better, and I have a, a closer way to get to you there in Columbia. It's about an hour and a half from Somerville, man. But uh, thank you for the final memory and the moment in your high school career, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, man. No doubt. All right, buddy. God bless. We'll talk to you soon, big guy. All right, guys, there you go. That is the big man himself. I got to tell you, man, uh, he is – he's a big guy, but he's got a huge heart. And I think, Coach, uh, as we'll uh, wrap it up with you as well here real quick and say thank you for hanging out for two hours. I know you got a lot going on, but you, you, you sacrifice whatever. You put up two hours with me and Eugene and about four or five of your players tonight, man. It means a lot to me that you gave – not only tonight, but you gave us three or four days. And all of your coaches did. That means your families had to sacrifice a few more days away so that you guys could be in the hotels to make sure these young men, you know, did what they needed to do. And uh, on behalf of myself and Ken Brown and both of our companies and all of our employees, we just say thank you so much for all that you gave us here the last three days. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. Most definitely. We, I appreciate you, Rich. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the interviews. I mean, you guys are first class, and you do a really good job with this thing. Well, good news is is that you don't live too far down the road from me, man. So you, unfortunately, get to deal with me on a regular basis. So we'll get you back in here. We'll talk some Woodland Wolverine football the next time I get you in, man. But thanks for handling business. You and I uh, will catch up off the air for that steak dinner between you, me, Coach Smith, and Eugene. And I think we've actually rustled in your offensive line coach, too. So uh, we make it all your coaches that come down, but we definitely will be hanging out in the next couple of weeks, Coach. Thanks again, and congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. All right, guys, there you go. That is the winning coach of the East, Eugene. Man, I know you wanted to be here, and I know you have a lot going on, but uh, to be honest with you, man, what a, what a weekend it was uh, here in the low country uh, for us to do the thing that, that nobody said we were going to It was not going to happen. And I got to tell you for the listeners out there, it was, it was a tough battle. It was no doubt that, that there was a lot of concern and I'm just going to leave it there and respectfully concern because I get the pandemic. I get what's going on, but we did an incredible job and I'm going to brag a little bit about all of us that did what we did this weekend. And I got to tell you, it was a lot easier this time than it was the first time. First time was the first time for me, and that was the junior bowl, and I thought we did an incredible job then as well. Again, the kids that we selected not only were great athletes, they were great people. They were great young men. They left a legacy, honestly, in all truth. Uh, they couldn't have been a better group of young men 
off the football field as much as they were on the field. And the thing was, Eugene, that you saw it firsthand the other day uh, when we were up in uh, Ben Lippin. And, again, thank you so much for Ben Lippin and Woodland High Schools for opening up your facilities to the staff, to, to, to anybody who helped us out at any level, any sponsor. Thank you for the communities. Thank you. I can't use that word enough because there was every reason for you to tell us that, nope, we can't get it done, but you believed in what we were doing. There has been great benefits. Matter of fact, you heard from Uncle Willie, Willis Lane, who now has an offer from Limestone. I don't know whether it had anything to do with Saturday, but I know before he came into that game on Saturday, he didn't have any offers. I know what he has here on a Monday afternoon. So if it's just one, like we say in church, if the pastor only hits one person, that's a successful day. Well, if that's the one, then that's the one we needed to have in there. And that, my friends, is why we brought 84 of the epic athletes in the class of 21 to start off 21 and do it in style. Eugene, I appreciate you on the, on the world of Twitter. Of course, over there at SO Sports Central, you can find us on Facebook. We'll be back live on Wednesday night. We're going to be in here with the West, the Wild Wild West. They fell a little short, but they looked really good all weekend long. They're coached up. They were ready to roll. They battled. But, again, uh, we will highlight their MVPs as they've got four guys that will be hanging out with us on um, on Wednesday night along with their head football coach. I'm going to get in here with, uh, of course, the big man, Reginald Walker, Jr. Eugene says he's got to work, but I may drag him in here once he gets settled in a, in a hotel as long as he's not doing something too crazy, you know. But uh, I do want to thank everybody again for the support this weekend. Uh, Southern Sports Central, we, we, we definitely – we did something big this weekend. We know that, you know, and this has been 12 years in the making that we've gone through a lot of ups and downs. And uh, to, to be able to say that we, we, we were a part of such an epic event and, and an elite event, not one, but two, you know, means the world to us as we got 90 seconds here of the show tomorrow night. It is Everett Sands and the West foundation. He was of course the man on the mic with me on of course, Saturday and a couple of weeks ago on Sunday, as he did the uh, the color commentating for us at both of the football games. Thank you, Everett, for traveling in from Columbia on Saturday and hanging out with us in your hometown a few weeks ago. He'll be live tomorrow night right here on Southern Sports Central as he kicks off tomorrow night at 6 o'clock with the West Foundation Sports Show. Eugene, 60 seconds. I'll say thank you, my friend. I'll call you after the show. And until next time, buddy, stay safe. Yeah, buddy, it's uh, great being here again, back on live. Uh, I, I've surely uh, missed it, missed the viewers, missed the listeners, uh, missed you guys in, in Radio Land. Um, again, man, to all the guys that competed, all the guys on the show, thank you for the year. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for opening up your lives to us and uh, being a big part of this. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you at the next level. No doubt, guys. Congratulations, and we definitely will miss you. Here's a little Ric Flair to send you off. God bless. Take care. And until tomorrow night, this is Southern Sports Central saying so long, guys. Woo!
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.